Barbie, Oppie, Barbie, Oppie, Barbie, Oppie. You know, it would have been better if you guys joined it. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 46 of the Real Talk Podcast. Um, obviously, an insane week, Barbenheimer week, everybody. The most important week of the year. Um, probably the most important week of the decade. Um, of our lives. Yeah, of our <laughs> lives, honestly. A whole lot going on. Uh, obviously, before we start the episode, uh, realtalkpodcast.com, you know, there's merch, there's everything there. Uh, huge shout out to all the patrons, um, everyone supporting this pod. Absolutely insane and very essential today. Obviously, we have the Barbie, the Oppenheimer review. Um, and then we will also be mentioning um, a whole lot about the writers and actors strike that's going on. It is very important um, that we discuss what's going on there. Um, and and in my opinion, these movies would not be as as hyped up at all without the writers and actors. They're the the creatives that make these movies are what get us get us very excited for them. Nobody gives a shit that a Universal and Warner Brothers movie came out on the same day. That happens like literally probably every week. Nobody gives a fuck. It, it's all because of the writers and actors, and it's extremely important that you support them. We will have it in the description of YouTube, description of uh, Apple, Spotify, every. Everywhere you can find a description of this podcast, we will have the uh, link to the um, to uh, uh, the like SAG strike website and the writer strike website and any way that you can support. Even if you're not living in L.A. and you're not on the picket lines with them, there are plenty of ways to support. And it's very important that people do. That being said, there's been a lot of talk this week. Should content creators make um, videos? Should. Uh, people discuss new movies from struck companies. Should they discuss old new movies from struck companies? The way we've kind of seen it is they haven't called for a boycott or they haven't called for anyone to stop um, doing podcasts or doing uh, reviews or anything. Um, if you're not in the writers or actors guild, obviously. Oh, thank you, hon. My wife turned on my light and that's probably how I get better lighting in here. Um, but it's very important that we're, we're kind of noting that we want to make this podcast because we want to talk about the issues and make sure that it continuously gets brought up. And every single review that I've posted about it, I've mentioned um, the writers and actors strike, and I've probably gotten the most comments about why are the why are they on strike? Aren't they making a bunch of money like Matt Damon makes millions of dollars? Robert Downey Jr. makes millions of dollars. Yeah, those actors do make millions of dollars. You're very right about that. Um, but in general, most actors, the, they're the one, one percent, you know, they're, they're absolutely so small in the acting community and same with the writers, um, just such a small percent make good money. So it's very important that we support the actual people who are struggling right now in Hollywood, the writers and actors who you don't maybe know, um, the studios are proposing that they can scan a person for AI, um, get paid a day's work and then use them for the rest of their lives. That's absolutely absurd. Um, basically streaming services never have to announce how many people watch their show unless it's like the most watched show of all time. Um, they never have to actually denote how much people watch it. So it's, it's, it's a bad way that streamers don't know how much they should be getting or writers don't know how much they should be getting paid for residuals and things like that. Um, so it's just something I wanted to bring up, make sure everyone knows what's going on with the writers and actors strike. Um, I'm sure Tyler, George, Seth, anyone can go into it a little bit more and maybe um, talk about their opinions on it. But as of now, we do plan on continuing this podcast. We do plan on doing movie reviews. Um, our end goal, honestly, are movie critics and movie critics have had no scrutiny of doing uh, movie critiquing. 
Um, so that's kind of where we're at with it. We do plan on continuing the pod and talking about the writers and actors strike every single episode. Um, we will not be talking about any new movie news or any new movie trailers because that is strictly like promotion for the studio for the most part. Um, but we believe these actors and writers deserve their spotlight in mentioning them during the uh, during the episode and during the review. And it's not like we've ever been like, yeah, Universal, you killed this one this week because the studios don't do shit. Um, so 99% of the time you hear about studios trying to cut um, parts of uh, movies and such. But I, I do think it's important that we just kind of explain where we're at with it and kind of what we want to uh get across in our reviews and want to make sure that we're keeping the writers and actors strike at the forefront of our episodes. Um, people will probably be upset about this and probably alienate a couple of us. Um, but I, I do think it's worth noting that we are trying our best to get this information out to the general public as much as possible, because that's really the most important thing is most of the general public doesn't even know the actors and writers are on strike. So I think it's important to get that information out to them and make sure they know they can support as well. Any, any, anything from Tyler George and Seth? I kind of chit-chatted for a while there. Well done, Cam. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, you, 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 I, you, I, I didn't expect that. Honestly. Yeah, you just went off right there. Honestly. You, you, you covered did, all the did you like? Did you rehearse that, or did you just pull that out of your ass? No, that's my AI intro again. It was all AI. No, <laughs> no, um, no that was, was summed up perfectly, Cameron. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at with it. So, um, like I mentioned, podcast will continue. No movie knows. No, hey, 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 it's trailer time. Unfortunately. Um, but, uh, we'll always try coming up with new segments, uh, shows may be a little shorter, but that just gives us more opportunity to talk about both Barbie and Oppenheimer. Um, and to eventually do more director rankings as well and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. We can do a whole lot more fun stuff like that. So, um, yeah, yeah. We'll just like, I know. I don't even know if this is worth it. I know there's an invincible trailer. I know there was like a, the Marvel's trailer came out this week. We're not going to be talking about them um, as yeah. much as, as much as we'd like to. Uh, we're not going to be talking about them this week, but uh, right. Marvel's who cares? Marvel's? The, Marvel. care about the, Marvel's? Yeah. the Marvel's. We're not going to say if we care or not. So shut up. <laughs> yeah. um, um, but just to build on I that. think you know. <laughs> just to build on what Cam was saying though. So I've, I got a couple of people DMing me the, the tweet or well, I just got people DMing me the SAG guidelines for podcasters. And I just want to clarify because they release like guidelines for podcasters. I know it's been really fuzzy. Like what can content creators do? Influencers do podcasters do. And if you didn't know, I just want to clarify that all the guidelines you see are for people in the SAG union or who want to join the union. So like, obviously as any entity, they can't just tell people what to do. Like you can't like a business can't just tell some random person what to do, but it's for people within their union who like legally have to follow their guidelines as well as anyone who wants to eventually join the union, which is a screen actors guild, which none of us want our faces to be, you know, starring in movies. I, I don't think that would go well for any of us, <laughs> but, no. um, so yeah, it's like, it's really only for those guidelines, but what they did ask basically is if you're a pod, they said, if you're a podcast reviewing stuff, critically talking about movies that like review and stuff is totally fine, but strictly promotion is kind of where they would like prefer that we wouldn't talk about just like promoting movies. So that's where us just as a decision to show solidarity, we will review movies. We, you know, we usually go in depth. It's not really just a strict promotion of like Barbie and Oppenheimer. It's us breaking it down and talking about what we liked and like, but talking about trailers for upcoming movies or movie news about like who is cast and all that kind of stuff that kind of falls under like the only purpose is promotion at that point. So in solidarity, we're not going to talk about that kind of stuff, but we are still going to review movies. And like Seth said, we're going to have, you know, director rankings, all that kind of jazz. So, kind of one foot in one foot out but based on all the guidelines we're doing what we think is best 
and we're doing what we think SAG would want us to do since we are not union. We're not going to be joining a union, but we're still going to be talking about the strike, like Cam said, and altering our content just a little bit, but still going to be reviewing uh, Barbenheimer. Yeah, and we'll also take feedback from anyone, and maybe this is the clear wrong way to go about it, but there's no real like answer for people not in the um, union. Obviously, if you'd love to join the union one day, it's 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 a lot of things to maybe best support them how they want but it's not something we necessarily aspire to we want to review movies and talk about movies and that's kind of what our podcast is all about so we are still going to talk about them and hopefully um, give the best analysis and breakdown of these movies as possible while also worshiping the writers and actors in the projects um so uh this week, I think we can move on to reviews, right? We've, um, and We've we'll covered come back. every guideline ever in history of ever. I think we're all right. Yeah. Like uh, I, think, I think we're good. Uh, uh, Barbie or Oppenheimer first? I see Barbie on the slate first, but does Ooh. anyone have strong opinions for Oppenheimer first? I think I, Oppenheimer will be longer. Yeah, so we're going to talk about Oppenheimer good. more. Okay. Um, so that didn't answer my question. Just I know. Like, <laughs> what was your question? Which one do we want to start well, with? Which one oh, Barbie, Barbie, Barbie. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Barbie. Barbie. Totally fine with me. <laughs> um, another long disclaimer real quick before I have to go find my son. Fully acknowledge that we are four white dudes talking about a very feminist movie. You can take this review with an absolute grain of salt. Completely Pound understand if we are not the... Yeah, completely understand if we are not the target audience for this movie. We're not... We're going to try to review it the best we can. We're going to bring light to the feminist. Tra- uh, like, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, the um, undertones of this movie, I guess we'll say. Um, we we want to bring that to light and at least talk about it a little bit um, and, and make mention of it. But fully aware, we're not we're not the target audience for this movie. I did a review, got called sexist, wasn't trying to be. Um, that's all right. It happens. I'm not the... I'm not the uh, perfect reviewer for this thing. So I talked to my wife about it, give it gotten her thoughts a little bit um, and we'll kind of go from there. Um, but we'll start with Mr. Seth, who I believe saw it most recently. Um, yeah. You have the floor, sir. I saw it last night. Um, yeah. Interesting. I, so I, yeah, I echo everything Cam said. Obviously I'm not coming at this um, from a point of view where I kind of relate, I guess, which is always harder to do, especially with these sort of films. Uh, I thought Barbie was fine. Um, I had a pretty decent time with it for the most part. I think for me, it's a film where regardless of whether I relate to the experiences or not, I think it's a very hard for a film like this, which is backed by, uh, is it Mattel? Mattel? Mattel. 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 Backed by such a big corporation. It is clearly, you know, uh, has an abundance of, of, of advertising and, and placement and stuff like that. I think it's very hard to get across social commentary without it being feeling shallow and flat for me uh, for everyone and at times it it really did for me um i think the film was actually quite funny and i know people most people were expecting it to but i was a bit skeptical because of the trailers as you didn't think it looked that great and i will say the first like 15 minutes i i was like i am not gonna like this at all but it has enough kind of charm and push forward and and relatable themes for some which i completely understand that, that kind of keep it going um i think the cast is is charismatic it's it's fun i do love the sets i think they were really really well well crafted and i think they looked very very pleasing to the eye i just think the the biggest disappointment was for me was how muddled the social commentary was because it's hard to gain a middle ground between you know 
when you're pushing a film for a huge corporation such as this, it's going to be hard to completely show your own stylistic way and go your own way with it. And I think that's what they struggle with because of its because of its attachment to to Mattel. Um, but I think it was I think it was fine. Like I said, I don't I don't have you know it's not like something I hated. It's something that I liked for the most part. It's mainly just the social commentary bugging it down. And I actually think when it tries too hard to provide that at times with its monologues. And again, I know people like the monologues. And again, I no, I don't relate to them. So what the fuck do I know? But at the same time. I thought when it tried too hard to be something it wasn't, it kind of lost the Barbie and the the charming vibe it had to it. And I think a lot of the commentary and a lot of the monologues were very, very much on the nose. Um, I think they were very much supposed to be, though. Just to no, no, they were. But that's that's this is what I'm saying. They were on the nose, and they were supposed to be because you're in this Barbie universe and the way they speak and stuff. But I'm saying that's not what I like. That's not how I like it to be presented. And I. I think that when they when they tried to do that and when they went into that, because I don't think there's another way they could have done it. I think that it has to be on the nose because you're in a Barbie universe, but I just didn't like it because it kind of lost the charm for me when they went into these sections. Um, but overall, really great sets, charming and charismatic cast, some really funny moments. Um, I can't say I loved anyone's performance, I guess. There wasn't really like a, a standout for me, but I just liked everyone. I thought everyone was, was funny. I thought everyone had some good moments. Um, and I wanted more Michael Sarah because I like Michael Sarah. But, you know, he <laughs> was so funny. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously, we're going into some funny moments. But yeah, like, again, I am coming at this as, like Cam said, a male. So what the fuck do I know? Um, but it was a three out of five for me. I definitely didn't hate it. I, I thought it was just okay. Uh, just a little bit shallow and flat at times, which I don't know if they could have prevented. But overall, pretty positive experience. I know, like, for example, I know Cam said this as well. I went to see it with Anna, and Anna liked it a lot more than me, which says a lot. I think she gave it a four, uh, which is really high for her. So, I, I, again... I what, did, what, what did Anna think of it? So, Anna really liked it. I think, again, like, she she can relate to it a lot more than me, and I think she she likes the whimsical nature. Yeah. And she liked how the commentary was provided. And she also just loves the cast in general. Um, so, I think I think, yeah, she, she got a four and she was really, really positive about it. And a four for Anna is like like a four and a half, a five. So, so, so she, she gave Goodfellas a two? <laughs> two and a half, I think. Yeah, crazy. Well, that says a lot. Um, but I think that says a lot that I, I thought it was okay, but she thought it was, you know, great. Yeah. Fantastic. I think it was the same with Cam and Emma. I give it a three. Perfectly fine. Didn't dislike it. Had a decent time with it. Just a little bit flat and shallow at times for me personally, anyway. All righty. Um, I think it was George who saw it after me, and then so yeah. G- screw it. George is next. And, okay. <laughs> yeah, we should have uh, like we should have just had like our girlfriends and wives on this episode. I was gonna say, guys. yeah, they could have sat with us and just <laughs> we we, we could have been it. silent this entire time and we just let been. them talk that for an hour. Been better. Um, no, I I came out of Barbie expecting. Uh, I got worded that horribly. I came out of Barbie having liked the movie a lot more than I expected. Um, just like Seth said, like I liked the trailers. I thought they were fun, quirky, nothing that blew me away. I, I didn't particularly like any of like the early clips we got or any early like set images. Um, and I feel like as like the movie approached and my hype for Oppenheimer elevated, my like hype for Barbie kind of kept dwindling. So to have come out of that movie as high on it as I did, um, I was very expected. I will say, it's, uh, Seth, the reason I asked about 
um, what Anna thought is because I, I saw it with Victoria. Um, yeah. And I thought seeing it with Victoria and like seeing her and her impact and how this movie impacted her and how much she loved this movie. And then even my entire theater, seeing like all the women around me and just seeing how much this movie means to them that elevated my experience. I thought I it was just kids in mind, to be honest, like eight year olds, which were really. Oh. I had, my, I had screaming kids all the way. It was really annoying. But my, I, maybe I would have given it a three and a half then. But yeah, no, that yeah, that I think that elevated my experience with this movie because like this was one of my favorite theater experiences of the year. Everyone was wearing pink. Everyone was losing their minds. Yeah, all the women were cheering. Yeah. Like it was just such a fun experience. And seeing how much it means to to Victoria, how much it means to to my other you know female friends, uh, whether they're on Letterboxd or TikTok, it's just like a very endearing quality, which is a, I personally and i said this in my letterbox for you i think that makes this movie one of the most important of the year um as for the execution i liked it i i really did um the downfalls of this movie for me were everything in the real world um we'll we'll get more in depth when we go into spoilers i i've been I hearing a lot of people no, i agree yeah i thought the real world was just bland and dull and i've been getting a lot of comments people being like oh well that's the intention like the real world is bland and dull compared to Barbie land, which I understand, but I still just, it just didn't land for me. Everything in Barbie land, I was eating up, you know, the production design, the set design, obviously that's what the one thing everyone's gravitating towards talking about. Um, but even so just like the, the chemistry between our cast, the, the comedy hit throughout. I mean, I was laughing my ass off throughout this entire movie. I, I don't think I'm overselling it. And I think Cam said the same thing, that this is the funniest movie of the year. Ooh. I was I was dying, dude. Like, for there was sure, the funniest movie of the year. Yeah. Even Rivals. Not for me. Not for me. What do you think I, even Rivals? Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I Dungeons and Dragons had like three jokes. No, no, I also, I, I also, I also haven't seen Joyride, so I'm not including. I thought that Dungeons and Dragons was like that was my funniest comedy. I really, That's really crazy. Like that. yeah. No, it's not. We'll, we'll, continue. we'll continue. We'll continue. No, it's just okay. Funny I haven't me. seen that one. So it's funnier that. to me. That's I still think I still think Barbie still was funnier than The Blackening, but I haven't said I've seen Joyride, but I haven't seen the movie. But I've seen everyone say that that's the funniest. But regardless, I was stunned by like how much the comedy was hitting. Like. There were very few jokes that didn't land for me. I was laughing throughout. When we get into spoilers, we'll obviously talk about my two favorite lines from this movie. You guys can definitely guess what one of them was. Um, but yeah, overall, I had an absolute blast this movie. I think my theater experience elevated my score, which I really don't mind. It's a movie I weirdly want to see again because I want to see how my thoughts hold up. And obviously, I just absolutely love seeing how much this movie means to Victoria. Victoria actually wrote an entire letterbox review. She's never done that in her life, but that's how much yeah. this movie means to her that she wrote a two paragraph letterbox review expressing really? like, see this. yeah, a whole thing. So if you want to follow Victoria Valone on letterbox, shameless plug, it. It, was very, it was very nice. I saw Yeah. It. I and it. she never does. She either just never posts a review and she just logs a film or she'll just write like a one sentence, whatever, quick, funny blurb. But this movie got her to write an entire two paragraph review which just shows how much this movie means there so yeah three and a half out of five for me i i enjoyed it way more than i thought one of if not my favorite theater experience of the year all righty tyler give it a whirl um, yeah so i was the only one of us to attend the barbie blowout screening so i i attended mine on the campus of arizona state university and i know we have a lot of non-americans in the that follow us and listen to us so arizona state university is just the most stereotypical like party drinking school like 
like if you like a Eurovision's movie been rewatching a ton ton recently, and like all the Americans that go over there and like act all stupid college students, they're all wearing like Arizona State shirts. Like that's the stereotypical U.S. Like that's where people go that don't want to learn anything; they just want to get drunk and party and do odd stuff. <clears throat> so I was on that campus. So every one of my screening was like fraternity bros, sorority girls, all dressed in pink, which was super fun. But so many people came late to the movie, and it was at the same exact time as yeah, a talk to me early screening. And talk to me and like it was so packed for that they were like turning people away so it was so packed for people waiting for that and trying to get in the barbie movie and i'm not even exaggerating when people are walking into the barbie movie an hour into it not just like one person trickling in it'd be like a group of like 10 college students like an hour into this movie would be walking in i'm like this is just crazy man but yeah barbie blowout screening gets a thumbs in the middle literally all it What's was Bobby screening? yeah like a, I'm, i'll go into that so literally all the barbie blowout screening was was instead of trailers they just played like the barbie soundtrack and just like hat and which i really didn't like because they showed like the whole <laughs> which which bang which I, I i know they already Did released bang. it but they showed the whole i'm just ken scene and it's like i know people already saw it on like twitter and stuff but like for general audience members why are you showing the entire like i'm just ken scene Run before the movie even starts and then it yeah. like it, i was like this is weird they're just showing clips from the movie before you even showing the movie so barbie blowout screening is a thumbs down I'd say like it's just a very like there was nothing fun about it like it was just like they're just like spoiling the movie basically before the movie starts um, but it was really fun seeing everyone you know dressed in pink and like really supporting and super hyped um, but yeah so I, I liked Barbie didn't love it so really like barely anyone else that I followed went to the Barbie blowout screening except like the women of movie talk that I follow so like immediately after Barbie I was like messaging like Sydney, Sophie, Reagan, like crazy, like in the DMs, just trying to like get their thoughts on the movie and talk about things I didn't like, talk about things I did like. Because like Cam preface, we're just men at the end of the day, so like we can't really have a say for a lot of this stuff because we just haven't lived it and we can't experience it or talk with it with any sort of vigor. So I was like trying to talk to them, like, okay, this is some of the stuff I wasn't digging. Like, am I like way off base here or not? A lot of the stuff that like I didn't really love they kind of felt the same with i was talking with sydney sophie and reagan and there's just some things that like with the messaging that was just super on the nose that i just didn't really feel worked because at the end of the day this is a super corporate movie and like mattel's gonna sell so many different types of barbies than ever before because of this and it's like and like the fact like every time they threw off like a, a costume it would tell you exactly what it was and it's like you know kids are gonna watch and be like mom i want the faux faux jacket number two that ken had in the movie and it's like at the end of the day, this is a super pro-capitalist movie trying to act anti-capitalist, which I didn't love. Fem and the one criticism that really I don't understand about this movie, though, is people that are like, this is anti-man. Like, I feel like it actually did a good, solid arc with men and, like, the whole toxic masculinity, some of it, I guess, like, with, like, the whole, um, like, incel stuff was a little bit on the nose. But I feel like they did, like, a solid arc for men as well, and I feel like they treated it I, not with, I like, agree, a but I think that anyone who goes into a film immediately says anti-man we know what sort of man they are anyway. So I don't right, really like take the Ben Shapiro theory. types of the world who yeah. did, who did no, attend I, I a Barbie blowout screening. Bro. <laughs> ben Shapiro, try not to call a movie woke challenge. Literally oh, impossible. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, crazy, crazy. my favorite part about that is when he tweeted that, like the, the a quote tweet that went viral is like, the funniest thing about him tweeting this right now means that he would have saw it at a Barbie blowout screening. So Ben Shapiro, <laughs> big Barbie fan confirmed. Um, but yeah, so I, I really like the production design. It's super great. Um, I kind of agree with Seth. Like I enjoyed the cast. I didn't really think any of them were like crazy good. Like I, Ryan Gosling was a lot of fun, but definitely have loved him in other roles a lot more. Margot Robbie took a backseat to me to like America Ferrera, who I thought was really great in this. 
Um, which See, that I disagree with. That Everyone kept saying that because you saw the movie before I did, and so did a few of my mutuals. And everyone kept saying, like, Margot Robbie isn't even the main female in this movie. I'm like, yes, she is. Yeah. Like she, she, she may not have been like the best performance, but she 100% has the most screen time of any female I, in this I th- film. I think I thought the same as George, to be honest. I thought she I was the most. Yeah, I was like fully expecting like her to not be in the movie with the way everyone was talking about. I agree. Although, America Ferrera was for sure the standout, yeah, especially like that monologue towards the end. But like Margot Robbie was without a doubt the main character of this movie. No, I, I agree with that too. I think more people are saying like her arc wasn't as strong as like an america ferrera yeah or, yeah or that, that that's fair okay yeah. yeah everyone kept saying like she's like the third or fourth main character in her movie and in my mind the first the first thing i thought of was laurie strode in halloween ends where like she really was not in the movie at yeah. all like that's what i was thinking no yeah, Bar- yeah. barbie was, or margot robbie was definitely in the movie like the most screen time of anyone for sure but yeah i i, I enjoyed it i had fun with it the the soundtrack did bang um for me though, actually, like none of the comedy hit. Like I think the the beach joke, they thought was hilarious. Oh, no, I said it like eighty it times. Yeah, me. that was funny. I no, loved no, it. I, 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 didn't um, I thought the first either. act was like a mess for me personally, but I think that mainly might have been because I feel like they showed everything of it. Like every trailer showed everything from the first act. Um, yeah, that's what everyone that's said. It's an general with films nowadays i'd see it all the time so it just annoyed me i would see it again 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 but, right yeah and but like i know like simu Liu is a guy like people are supposed to hate but i actually like enjoyed him in this too like i thought like everyone had like a good performance like i didn't really dislike anyone john cena was kind of Not whatever yet. but he didn't have enough to really matter will, <laughs> he didn't do it either will ferrell is <laughs> fine <laughs> but yeah john cena dual leap but just an iconic mermaid merman duo but, <laughs> but yeah i liked it i, I do want to rewatch it and i want to take riley because like part of me thinks she might like it but a part of me thinks she might actually be lower than me just like knowing her type of movie she likes but i do want to rewatch it because i think with my expectations being a lot different going in this time like I, this is a movie i wish i didn't see first because i didn't see anyone's reviews for going in but i think if i would have saw like sophie sydney's reagan's everyone else's reviews before going into it, i think i would have had a lot different mindset so i think i might like it more on rewatch but yeah 6.1 out of 10 for three stars where i'm currently sitting for barbie i think that's why i liked it like more than i thought i would because a lot of my mutuals yeah, no, it's just a lot of my mutuals saw it before I did, and they were all, like, lower on it than I had expected them to be. So, like, going into the movie, I was like, all right, I guess maybe I should lower my expectations. And I did, and I was like, damn, pleasantly fucking surprised. Yeah, I know what you mean about that, to be fair. There you go. All right. Um, yeah, in my opinion, I, I really loved it. Um, gave it an 82 out of 100 or 81. I forget where it ended up, whatever. Um Four out of five highest on it in the group. Um, a lot of things I think that hit were just like um, that. I don't. It's not spoiler. Just like the commentary on on women trying to be everything in society, um, and 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 that it's okay to be ordinary a lot of time. Uh, a lot of the time, because most people are ordinary. Not everyone needs to be a, a doctor or an astronaut or a I don't know a whatever else. Um, and so I really enjoyed that commentary. Um, I, I do think Ryan Gosling gave what I've seen to be the second best supporting actor role of the year. Um, that being said, I really didn't have anyone like if I were to make a top five before these two movies came out this year of yeah. Oppenheimer and, and Barbie, I probably wouldn't have had like. I was going to say, who else yeah. would be there? Like, yeah, Ru- I really Rupert, don't know. Rupert, Rupert grins from Knock get, at the Cap. Yeah, I guess I did just yeah. see, um, I did just watch Past Lives this weekend as well. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually did like a triple feature this weekend because oh. I did Past Lives in the morning and then um, Oppenheimer and Barbie. Did you guys see I watched uh, six movies yesterday? 
That's yeah, crazy. I, I was working from home. Sorry to cut us off. I was working from home and I started like the second I like turned on my laptop, I was like speed racer spotlight. And then I just watched Guardians. And then at night I watched Dark Knight Meg and then I couldn't fall asleep. So I watched La La Lines. Mm. <laughs> just, you, know, you know what you were saying about uh, supporting? There's a lot of supporting actresses, but I see what you mean. There's like not many options for supporting actresses. Yeah, like really just Apple. nothing. Nothing that I've seen this year. Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, he defaults to two. I do think he gave a great performance. I think Margot Robbie and American Ferrer gave an amazing performance as well. Um, I really like them. Outside of them, didn't really have any loves in the cast. Uh, actually, I take that back. Michael Sarah still got it. That dude's hilarious. He's so funny. He's so he, funny. He had like three lines. Or some uh, shit. <laughs> and he's so funny in every yeah, line that he has. He was hilarious. Uh, but yeah, he still got it. Um uh, yeah, but I, I just enjoyed it. The monologues like are, are very on the nose, but I kind of like that because it's like it was also a lot about like we don't have to be subtle. We we can be very on the nose. And that worked for me because um, the monologues are very much about what it is like to be a, a woman in society. Uh, um, so something I enjoyed uh, my biggest issues with the movie. And while like Will Ferrell's character and the and the um, CEOs are all obviously um, it's obviously what? 10, 10 men on a, a board for Mattel. Um, and that's kind of the commentary on it is that it's a Barbie brand that has 10 men leading. I just feel like that, like without making them, the, they kind of made them the villain of the movie, just in the sense that um, um, they're obviously just idiot CEOs who don't understand like what the point of Barbie is. But I, I think they were kind of lackluster a little bit and they were just kind of chasing her the entire movie. No, and they and Sorry, I'll just cut you off. No, you say, did you guys like this? Might have been me. Considering this film was two hours long, there wasn't like not not much really happened for me a lot of the time. Like it was a pretty much a change. I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. I I think this was like a, uh, much more like a fun time at the movies rather than like something where you needed a villain or something. Um, Sure. Um, And and that, and that really worked for me is this is a movie you can go and watch and maybe educate yourself a little bit with. So that's a good time. Um, uh, I did call this lighthearted in my review, which was probably stupid. It's obviously not um, lighthearted per se. I just meant it was a very fun time at the movies, Um, but it does go very much in depth with like, societal problems with how we treat women and things like that so it's not necessarily lighthearted. um but I, I had a really good time with it me and my wife obviously dressed up got all spiffy with the pink outfits on um have you had that pink suit no i asked my friend for it i, t- I so she clearly didn't watch my get ready with me i didn't, um, I didn't even see you post this i didn't yeah, see you post it <laughs> clearly didn't watch it so in high school me and my friends hey, went i was to, off tiktok uh, for a couple of hours my bad that's fair um in, in in high school, me and my friends went to a, a winter formal dance and we like, so, I don't know how, but someone found that you can buy colored suits online. So we all wore like bright colored suits. So I have access to random colored suits now. Um, so I wore light blue. My friend Cooper wore hot pink. And so I asked him, he was home a couple weeks ago for something. I asked him if I could have it and he dropped it off. So yeah, I, I, I had to wear the pink suit, of course, um, was looking fly as hell um oh there's in in the middle of this movie there's just a five minute chevy ad that kind of took me out of it because it's so like (laughs) it's so much an advertisement it's not even like trying to be like a high speed chase it's so much yeah like you see the car shifting lanes and stuff it's just so much you could have pulled it right from an advertisement um 
that that took me out of the movie a little bit um <laughs> and yeah will ferrell just i like i said michael sarah still still has it um i used to i love will ferrell movies i think he's kind of lost it just comedically um, there wasn't will ferrell used to learn for me a lot there wasn't much and there was only like yeah, one scene where I that's what i'm will saying ferrell. like will ferrell i love his old movies i just think i think he's lost his comedic timing and things like that um there was nothing in this movie for him to like play around with though like, i think he was trying scene. to be funny was, um, really? but, like i don't think he was given like a particularly hilarious scene i think he was there strictly well for, like, like it was uh, like them oh, trying to get the, past the gate the, that was, was like, funny yeah that, that was, was really, I mean, that was laugh, funny like because I, I i i like george said i think this is the funniest movie of the year it made me laugh a ton um that made me chuckle it didn't make me laugh as much as other moments i thought i was dying laughing during the i am ken's uh or uh what's no the you you know song? it had me dying when the kens came riding in like they yeah were that was hilarious that, was scene that killed all right me. all right time oh. before we just start talking about what made us laugh and what we like let's just go into spoilers okay. um so starting right here we're going into spoilers um there's not really much to spoil but this is kind of where we can just talk jokes yeah just talk shit michael sarah uh just fighting those people and just being like <laughs> i got i gotta get out of here i can't sit on another like what is it? A uh, plastic couch for the rest of my life. Yeah. Fucking love leather Michael couch. Sarah. I think it is leather couch. If that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking loved Michael Sarah in this thing. He was hilarious during this, and it, it's just every time they panned over to him, it, it was, was just the, like it was so funny. And it was just, when Ryan Gosling's crying at the end. He just pans over, and he's like crying for no. Reason. Yeah, dude, so he was funny. so funny. I, I loved, loved it. it. <laughs> what was your favorite line, George? oh okay well my favorite line was when um, well what made you that's what made you laugh you said the one made that the line that made me laugh the absolute most is when margot robbie is crying basically saying like i'm not pretty enough for this and then the voiceover of helen oh, that was in, yeah that was very funny. and she goes note to the filmmaker margot robbie is not the right person to deliver these lines or something like that that made me and my theater yeah. lose our shit that was great. and then it made me I don't think I, I love the Zack Snyder's Justice League reference. That was I, funny. I found it hilarious that they didn't say Zack Snyder's Justice League. They said Zack Snyder's version of the Justice League. Oh, did they really? Yeah. I that, I, that. Do we think that was a Noah Baumbach line or a Greta Gerwig line since they co-wrote the movie? Oh, that was a Noah Baumbach line. I think you know, but Noah Baumbach. I would, I would imagine. Oh, actually, I don't know. I love that line because it was just strictly for people on film Twitter. Because my my theater was silent for that line. Like, oh, I, I don't think anyone understood. <laughs> I laughed. No I, one. I laughed. Emma, Emma did not laugh at that one. I right. I th that's so what I'm funny. saying. It was like strictly for like people who are chronically online, which I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. That no one, yeah. Joke. That, for sure. And, and then the uh, and I feel like everyone's mentioned this, but. It, because it's fucking hilarious. The mansplaining of the Godfather, I thought was. Oh, joke. that was very funny. Yeah, like, just the, like, in the, the like, okay, this whole movie, it's like, where can like women like relate? Like, what what can they relate to? In that moment, I was like, that's literally me. Like, I'd be mansplaining I'm, movies I'm over to left me and like, right. That's you. Yeah, like Victoria that's asks you, one dude. simple question about one movie, and I'll give her a dissertation on it's it. Like that was so. I thought that was hysterical. Yeah, the finance bro explaining like stocks was very funny to me as well. That that entire scene of them just like doing a bunch of stereotypical mm -hmm. things to get the girl. That was very funny. Yeah, and, like Ryan Gosling uh, being like, "Can I play my guitar at you?" <laughs> so yeah, that was yeah. hilarious. The the guitar at you scene was hilarious. I mean, dying and just like them just sitting just, on the beach and just like the non dialogue, just like the just the looks between Simu Liu and Ryan Gosling were always hilarious, dude. Really. Just. 
Ryan Gosling's eyebrows were doing some crazy shit in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God. Yeah, I thought he was hilarious, but um, I've Simu never. Lou, I've never... Oh, you go. Sorry, I was going to say, like, Simu Liu at the time of being cast in Barbie, I mean, I'm assuming he had been done with Shang-Chi at that point completely, or maybe he was probably still mid-filming. But either way, I thought he was such an interesting casting for this movie because he's not, like, a massive... He's he was... pretty built. No, 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 no. I, I meant, like, massive name. name. Not, I was not oh, talking yeah. about body well, There were a lot of yeah. people who weren't, like... A lot of people in this were, like... You know, there's a show, obviously, Sex Education. There was three guys in that. There was one guy from British TV show. A lot of guys were, like... This is okay. that first big role for a lot of people in this film. Oh, uh, yeah, because, like, I was just saying, like, you you pick someone who's going to, like, be, I guess, like, the antagonist, Ken, compared to, like, mm. Ryan Gosling's Ken. Ken. Mm. It's like, I figured they would want, like, I don't know, like a Ryan Reynolds or someone that's just more significantly well-known. And, like, Simu Lu, maybe good-looking good dude, good-looking built dude, no doubt a yeah. great Ken. But, like, the casting is just so interesting to me because, like, in the moment of him being cast, the only thing he basically had to his name was Shang-Chi. And I don't even know if that was out at the time I mean, when. Yeah. If, if you think about it, the Kens are Ryan Gosling, obviously one of the biggest names. Yeah. Simu Liu, not a huge name, but big now because he's from Wait, the MCU. Always been? Wow. I didn't actually realize he'd not been really anything. No. Simu Liu? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. He did. Was he in uh, Superstore? Uh, he was in a TV show, I thought. So, um, like, but maybe yeah, not. a lot of people don't like Simu Liu because uh, he's like was like, somewhat canceled, and now he's in a lot of like C tier movies after Shang Chi. Yeah, but um, and then like after that, it's uh, uh, Kingsley Benadir who uh, is just kind of getting his start right now. Um, a lot of because, uh, yeah, yeah, he is in um, something else that I'm not going to say he because in... maybe later today we have a game and he could be an answer, <laughs> but. Don't. Why would mind. you say that? Why would you say that? I, I might have to change my game. He, 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 I might have to change my game. Don't worry about it. Uh, but yeah, there's not like a ton of Ken castings, and I I kind of think that's the entire point of the movie. Um, but I was very shocked how much like screen time Emma Mackey had as one of I the Barbies. I kind of forget which. I kind of forget which Barbie everyone is, other than Issa yeah, Rae she being the, the president. Physicist? Um, I was think. she a physicist? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, yeah Kate, I think Kate she McKinnon would... jokes. Kate McKinnon was she, hilarious. She had a lot, was, she had a lot of fun to play with, for sure. Yeah, I used to love her on SNL. That was like my favorite time of SNL with her, and it was, she she had like Bill Hader still, and, and yeah, which that was, was my favorite. She time. was the one with like the the she was weird Barbie. The, she was, the Bar Burgess oh yeah yeah she, the, yeah, yeah she had a lot yeah, to play yeah. with. They definitely yeah. that was her the most play with. Yeah, Emma loved that because she was like, I used to cut the shit out of my Barbie's hair and just like draw on them. That was the best part of Barbie. Yeah, she was good. She oh. she loved that. She loved that. Um, yeah, every every single person in this cast, especially Kate McKinnon, just like genuinely looked like they were having a good time mm -hmm. being there, which made like all the yeah. performances just feel so much more authentic. And Kate McKinnon, like she was like doing splits and cartwheels, and I was like, what are we? Oh, this scene, the scene where Margot Robbie like sat down and like falls over. You know what I'm that talking was about? Hilarious. Like, I love that, that. That yeah, was yeah, funny because, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I was like, "Damn!" Like, that's like super like doll-like. That was it was yeah. like kind of creepy, like how oh. well she fell over. Speaking of doll-like, this could be not actually noticed. So I thought I noticed this. I could be wrong. I think every time they had a a wide shot or they panned out, it was like an actual Barbie like toy and not like the actors driving a toy car. I think they used like actual Barbie. I think I noticed that. I could be completely wrong, but if I did notice that and that was true. 
I, I really liked it. Otherwise, I just made it up in my head and I was wrong. Yeah, I didn't. I'm excited to look that. for that on rewatch because you might be the only. Yeah, one I didn't that, notice that at all. all. Yeah, I, I think I think it's true. Don't quote. And I don't know if it's every time, but I think a lot of times they pan out. It's like an actual Barbie world, but not uh, hmm. like the actors. I think one of my uh, favorite characters was. Um... Is it Issa Rae? Is that her name? The pre- President Barbie. Issa Rae. Issa President Barbie. I think yeah, she's great. I really like her. Is she the one that dropped the motherfucker line? Yeah. Out of, yeah just yeah, out yeah. of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, going back to what, what Cam say? was going back to Cam, what he was saying about like the executives and Will Ferrell. I, I totally agree because I feel like so they were obviously introduced probably like about the halfway ish point, maybe a little before the halfway point. And then they obviously chase Barbie back to Barbie Land. But then once Barbie gets back to Barbie Land, it's the whole like Ken versus Barbie storyline. And then I feel like the studio executives were just like in that house, like gone. And then they just like pop back out like 30 minutes later. I was like, oh, yeah, they were like here. I forgot about that. <laughs> and then like, let's just leave them be and then go back to the real world. I was like, yeah, the executives were like a whatever storyline. The one thing I really don't love about that is because this movie, obviously, anyone who thinks differently is crazy. Like every single so- scene, every single second of this movie was signed off by Mattel. That n- No one got away yeah. with anything in this. And it, I, th- I just th- find it kind of dumb that they're like, Oh look! All the executives of Mattel are men. How bad is that? But Mattel, like, okay, they're not going to change that. Mattel's still going to be sitting there. With, like, I don't know. It's just kind of weird that Mattel is like, look how stupid our company is for having all men. It's like they're this movie's going to come out and they're still going to be all men running Mattel. So I don't know. I just find yeah. that kind of odd. And yeah, it's just like I just find it really interesting. People are like, I can't believe they got away with this part in that movie. I'm like, no, Mattel. Like that's why I said like this movie's going to be studied in business schools because Mattel geniusly was like our brand is starting to get not very favorably looked upon in modern standards. So we're going to deconstruct our old branding and totally rebrand to be a new brand. So now every mom that's watching this movie that loved Barbie as a kid is going to introduce their kids to Barbie. And I think it's just going to really fuel the the brand of Barbie to really go forward. I, I compare this. I think it's a lot more powerful, but I would compare this to like a, uh, a Mario or super Mario bros, not in terms of story, yeah, not in terms sure. of themes or anything like that. But I think it's very, very, it's very much harder to get across what you want to get across when it is backed by this huge corporation that is built to sell products. And that's kind of my main issue. I, I echo all Tyler's thoughts. I think it's very similar to the Mario situation or to the Mario film situation, mm-hmm. should I say. But I, I still I definitely do think don't think Greta Gerwig. It... Sorry, what, what's up, Cam? No, I was just going to say, like, I think it's good that I, I think it added to it just them poking fun at Mattel. I, I agree with you that it's going to be a, um, like marketing tactic, but I, I still think the jokes landed in my opinion. Like, they no, I agree. I like, agree. especially at the, at the end with the uh, old Barbie, like the creator, like saying something about getting caught for tax fraud. Mm-hmm. I didn't know she got caught for tax fraud. And then I looked it up and I was like, that's kind of fucking hilarious. <laughs> that, that made I, me laugh. I agree. I just think it's harder to see the authenticity. You know what I mean? When it's coming from them and they've signed it off and everything. And the self-awareness is clearly like, like, like Tyler said, but I also think at the same time, the self-awareness from them, regardless of whether they change things or not, which they won't, um, is quite funny. And um, it did did work with went within the company and within the like uh, real world, I guess. I just think, I think, I think it's hard to um, come across as completely authentic when it is built to sell, when it is built to sell things, which any film is, but this is backed by a particular product, by a particular business and by Mattel. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely know what you mean. But I definitely don't think Greta Gerwig sold out. Like, I love Greta Gerwig. I still love, like, I think this is the best Barbie movie anyone could make possible. Like, I think this movie looked great. I think a lot of the emotional beats did really hit. And for playing with the movie, that was just, like, so, such an IP-based movie and, like, a, a brand that's, like, trying to sell stuff. Like, I think they still, like, did a very great job playing around with that. Um, like I said, not everything worked for me, but 
I mean, I I don't see how they could have made this better. I think that. No, I agree. Even though the, but I think it's too I think, hard, right? Nice. I think the main cool. thing I just really hate about the first act is like we already saw everything from it from the trailers, but like all the stuff with like you know Barbie floating down, like trying to drink, like every time she drinks stuff, there's not actually liquid. The showers, no water. Like that's all so cool and like neat and like awesome that they did. That, that. was awesome. Like I love that when she gets in the shower. That's like the first thing that happens. She gets in the mm-hmm. shower and there's no water. I thought that was hilarious. I was like, oh, they're just like going for it I yeah and like all awesome. the fake food like uh, yeah it's super cool like neat like how they did all that and like the the driving like you didn't actually have to actually be like looking at the road or paying attention so like that's what i'm saying like i think greta gerwig literally made the best barbie movie you could and like i think they really stayed true to the brand and like what people knew growing up while also talking about what's maybe not so great about barbie and not so great about ken's and all the all the discontinued barbies and like why they're problematic like the ones that had like boobs grow if you lifted up their arm which is crazy they had a barbie that was like that like pregnant barbie and how they discontinued that and just like i feel like they brought i kind of wanted more from that character i wanted more from from that character emma said her favorite barbie growing up was the pregnant barbie allegedly that's so she she was happy with that shout out because uh i guess you could remove the pregnant belly and then it had like a baby in in there um, so then it could just be a regular Barbie with a baby. And apparently that was her favorite. So shout out me. That's awesome. <laughs> I love how inclusive it was too. Just like there's Barbies of all different kinds. Like, you know, doctor, president, lawyer, literally everything's normal, like standard Barbies. Um, wish there was a little more diversity in the Kens. Like, cause I, I didn't have any big boy representation in, in the Kens. They were all just freaking Greek Adonises <laughs> and just perfectly looking. But I will say with that, so glad Timothy Chalamet was not in this movie. He would not, I could not have seen him as Ken. That would have, ruined it for me like he would not be able to play a ken him standing next to all the jacked men would look so he could play an alan he could be an alan but <laughs> i am shocked not be i am shocked they didn't get timmy and and Sersha at least for like like you said like a ken or just a, a quick cam yeah just a quick ken and and barbie like joke i assumed they would be at i was some really point, happy I, that Sersha and timmy were i saw it. they didn't i wish they were but um i don't think it by any means detracts or adds to the movie if they were or were not in it um <laughs> I don't have any any more jokes to mention. Anyone else got any? The best, the best, the best scene of the film was when they came in pretending to ride horses. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was that was really, really, really. That funny. that furry jacket was killing me the entire it was fucking when they movie. were making the noises on like yeah. I thought it was really really funny. That was good. Yeah, yeah. I'm just Ken. Like I know we brush on it, but that that scene was just so awesome. That, well, I guess it was like kind of multi, it was a super long chunk, but I just loved that whole thing. It was so well done. All, all the production, funny. like, like everyone kind of is going to praise the set design production designs being the best part about this movie, which is fair because it was so like beautiful to look at. So that was definitely like the standout for me is like the Barbie world was just so crazy. And like mm-hmm. George said, like the real world was kind of bland. That was probably the point of it, obviously. But what I'm saying is like from a production standpoint, like the Barbie when they were in the Barbie world was just so crazy. And a yeah. lot of stuff I was just genuinely like, how do they even do that? Like with the whole like. Like, obviously, I know a lot of it's just, like, green screen and stuff. But, like, when he's, like, running to surf and then, like, he's... It's just, like, a whole that set. That, yeah. Was, that yeah. is so stupid. That, but it made me laugh. I, yeah. I also think that, like... Sorry, Tyler, go on. No, I, I'm, I'm done. You're up. <laughs> I was just going to echo off your thoughts and say that... You know, when you said, like, that was the point when it comes to the, the real world being, like, kind of more bland and stuff? I think that that's a... Whenever you use a criticism, people are like, yeah, that's the point. I also think it's like, if it's the point, it doesn't mean I have to like it. And I didn't like the real world sections, even though I thought it was bland, and that's meant to be. It doesn't mean I have to like it, even if it's the point of the film. That's, you know, what's good about film. So... I've had like cool messages about that, and it's um, like was like our yeah. criticism on Raging Bulls. Like that's the point with the boxing scenes to not be like super engaged. It's like yeah, I know that's a point, but I just didn't. Love yeah, it. I just didn't like it. Yeah. Crazy, you know what I mean? Like I didn't like it. it fucking. Uh, 
couple more things that I completely forgot about. Um, at, I've never heard Emma say that's literally me in my life. Like she has <laughs> never once said that to me. Um, but after Barbie was like, do you ever think about dying? She, she said, Oh, she's literally me. And I started cackling in my theater because I've just never, that's such a like idiot Ryan Gosling, literally me comment. And it made me, it made me die in theater. Uh, but also Ryan Gosling, when he's in the real world and he's on the beach and he's like, no, 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 no. They're, they were saying something about lifeguarding out in the water. He's like, no, 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 no. Like right here, this beach is me. And I, I was dying. I did and like how his occupation was beach. Yeah, it was, it was, it was just beach. That was funny to me. He's like, I just, just beach. That, that was very funny. Um, but I, I think we can wrap up Barbie from there. Um, I, I personally really enjoyed it. I know you guys liked parts of it. Um, maybe didn't. Love it all. George said you liked it. I think Seth I and Tyler. It. No one's no one's down on this movie. I don't think it's just liked it on a varying scale. Um, uh, as always, uh, feel free to let us know. We're oh another thing to mention. Obviously, not talking about box office. That's a big thing with studios. Fuck you, studios. Um, the Cam, best thing about this movie. Sorry. What's up? I just have one more question about Barbie for you before you're yep. going to wrap it up. Dua yep. Lipa, did you want more Dua Lipa? Oh, damn, always do. shout out Dua Lipa. I know you <laughs> always want more, but like totally unironically, like I wish she did have more because she really, I think she had like what one line or something and it was really just like her power. Yeah, up in the I ocean. mean, I mean, yeah, I personally don't like, I, I don't necessarily think we needed more of uh, of uh, uh, Mermaid Barbie by any means, but she was fine for what she did. And also, the song uh, Dance the Night Away absolutely bangs every time. I listened to that thing on repeat and then uh, during the movie, it, it didn't miss again. And that's one of my favorite parts of the movie is that party with the dance routine. Uh, when like the stuff, when they're all doing their, their dance and then they're wearing the jackets stuff. with the K on and stuff like that. that yeah. Fun. The kids yeah. are wearing that. Uh, Margot Robbie's just absolutely crushing this dance. Scene. That was my, one of my favorite scenes. And it's a lot probably because the dual leap song just bangs. I also liked the, like, um, Shout Sorry. out, shout out, Billie Eilish as well. By the way, yeah, shout Great out. Billie song. Wait, what song was that? It was the end. What, what was, was that I made, made for? for? The when oh, she's like talking yeah, to Ruth yeah, yeah. and the sad song. That was out. really emotional. That was like a that good was. End. I will also say, fuck, fuck having a kid. All right, because now <laughs> any any like child montage of playing with their family, and obviously it's a mother and daughter, um, so it doesn't like exactly line up with my life, but. That makes me cry more Man. than almost any like scene in any movie now. Fuck having a kid. This that is... that montage like felt super like a twenty four like after Sunny a little bit, didn't it? Because Greta Gerwig's a damn good director. I know, like, like, I, just, like it was such like a weird like tonal shift in the movie mm -hmm. that I like did not give a shit about. Like usually that would piss me off, but I was like, damn, this is kind of sad as fuck. Yeah, right no, now. no. I think I I think like Tyler said, he kind of hit the nail on the head with it. Is I think she made the best Barbie movie yeah. she, anyone could make, just given that obviously they're going to have a whole lot of product placement with Barbie stuff. But like she did a damn good job with like intertwining that in a comedic way and a in a good way. But yeah, I, I do think, you know, we talked about how um, how like fun of a time this is at the movies. But I do think it hits on the emotional level as well with the with those uh, montages of the kids and every uh, um, playing with the Barbies and everything. And that I think they did a really good job with that. Um the biggest like the biggest thing we can advocate is that the cast is great in this the set design is great and the directing and writing is is really great as well and those are all obviously from the actors and writers um and we could not have this movie without them so again if you can go support the writers and actors strikes links in every single bio that we have most likely um 
uh, we'll make sure to get it in our link tree and everything. So just different ways to support. We want to make sure people are supporting the best they can. Um, moving on to, oh, I should say a three, um, three and a half from George, three from Tyler and Seth, and then a 82 out of 100. I think you were at a 6.2. 6.1 but i'm rewatching it like in the two days with with riley and I, i'm pretty much positive it's going to go up on, on the rewatch yeah yeah um so i we all enjoyed it um but that's kind of where we're at score wise and now we're that we're done with the barbie review uh moving on to oppenheimer but it's worth noting tomorrow we are recording a crossover episode with the raiders of the lost podcast oh. um duo um, so Anthony and James, we're talking to them about our top 10 movies of 2023 so far. Very excited for that. That will not release. So that's being recorded on Sunday, the 23rd. That will not release until, um, the 31st or is yep, it? Nailed it 31st. 31st. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, it's 24 plus seven. I can do that. That's kind of how I got there. Um, yeah. So that will release Monday, the 31st. So no, like, real podcast on the 31st it's it's a top 10 episode with the raiders of the lost pod um we're very excited for that it should be a lot of fun so be excited um moving on to uh oppenheimer which um a lot of people are a little indie project that most people have never heard a lot of people are deeming it to be the best movie of the year um we shall see i forgot to read the barbie um synopsis but i am gonna I am going to read the Oppenheimer synopsis, so sorry about that. Uh, it's it's Oppenheimer, but I do think it's worth it's like a line, stuff. isn't it? Yeah. Now it's it's like a paragraph. During World War II, Lieutenant uh, Lieutenant General Leslie Groves appoints uh, physicist J. Robert Oppenheimer to work on a secret po- project, secret Manhattan project. Sorry, Oppenheimer and a team of scientists spend years developing and designing the atomic bomb. Their work comes to fruition on July. 16th, 1945, as they witnessed the world's first nuclear explosion, forever changing the course of history. Um, Do you know when I said it, it was a line? It's like seven words on Letterbox. That's why. Oh, I, really? uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's fucking Oppenheimer. It's the yeah. building and creation of the atomic bomb from the point of view of Oppenheimer. For the most part, um, if you haven't seen online, like there's black and white and and color. The color is obviously, or not obviously, the color is supposed to be subjective and the black and white is supposed to be objective. So a lot of court hearings and things that are, are documented. Um, I really liked it. I think Tyler is the highest on this movie. So we're going to start with him. I believe it's a 96 or 9.6 out of 10. 9.6 out of 10? Yep, 9.6 out of 10. Yeah, okay. Tomorrow, Riley and I are going to see it, so I'll be re-watching it. We'll see how it goes. Um, so I saw this in 70mm, real IMAX. There's only 19 in America, but thankfully the one near me is one of the real ones. And so basically, uh, what was that, Cam? I think it's 30. Oh, I don't no, know. No, it's 30 going... global. 30 global. 30 global, 19 30 global. Mm, Classic Cam okay. being America-centric. Cool. Um, uh, yeah, my bad, my bad. <laughs> so... <laughs> So as everyone knows, when you go to like theaters, you see like the early screening where they have like general admission public where like they just you can just stand in line for a long time. And then like if you get there early enough, hopefully you get in. But this is by far the longest line I'd ever seen. Like so many people got turned away. But nice flex. I got to be in like the critic section, which was one row that was like roped off. So like which I felt bad because so many people got turned away from my theater because like it was too packed because no one could go in the rope section unless you're on a list. But the rope section was not full. So the whole theater is packed. But for me two seats to my left and three seats to my right were empty. I had like room to sprawl out while everyone else is packed in like crazy. So I was like chilling. I was in the middle of the row center center section. So like right in the middle of the IMAX and I was just completely absorbed. Like 
as we know, and we'll talk more specifically when we get into spoilers, like this movie just grabs you and visually like right away. So I was like, holy shit, like this might be honestly too overwhelming in IMAX. It's just so crazy. But I, I had a really, really good time with Oppenheimer. I think this is Christopher Nolan's best written movie in terms of it just felt so cohesive. And I feel like a lot of stuff people have criticized him for in the past. He really flexed out here. <clears throat> like I mentioned on Twitter last night and a lot of people have been going around saying like, there's underdeveloped relationships with women and they don't show stuff with like Japan or like the, the test site being taken away from native Americans. But like Cam just said, this is from Oppenheimer's POV, his subjective view of the world. That stuff never really crossed his mind. And that's kind of the horror of the movie that he was just so focused on making the bomb that that was pretty much just what he's focused on the entire time. For me, I just thought killing Murphy. I really don't think I'm going to see a better like lead acting performance this year. He was so, so good. But the entire cast, everyone knew this since what, like a year and a half ago, this movie got announced the cast. There's like 30 people you can point at your screen. Like I know that guy. And I think every single one of them did very good for what they were given. So this cast is crazy. And I think they all delivered. The visuals were crazy. The fact that he does this all practically is just so bizarre to me because it just looks so good. Like, not even just the bomb scene, but so many just like of the random cutaway stuff that just looks so bizarre. It's like, how do you even do that practically? And with just visual effects as opposed to CGI. But yeah. And of course, got to mention Ludwig Gorenson's score. Just absolutely suffocating. Like I just so, so intense. Just had me on the edge of my seat, holding my breath. So, so much of it. It's so much of this movie. And just in terms of like a dramatic historical biopic, I just don't really think it gets much better than this. The first act I'd say, was good. Didn't really grab me in though, but I was definitely enjoying it. The second act, I was completely locked in for the lead up to the Trinity test. And then the final act, I know people are mixed on the final act, but for me, it had me absolutely locked in. And yeah, it's a five star for me on first watch. I think it might even go up on rewatch just because I really did think this was such a cohesive project from Nolan. I think there's a lot of interesting interpretations you can have of this movie. And I think it's definitely the least Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan movie that I've seen, which is all of them because so many people at this point are used to him being, you know, the interstellar inception, the Batman trilogy, where it's like they're expecting to go to the theater and see a big epic action blockbuster of crazy proportions. But this actually is much more muted. A lot of courtroom, a lot of dialogue. There is the moments of Nolan flair where it is such so visually bombastic. But I think a lot of people that might just like be purely casual, like Nolan Knights just want to see blockbusters might come away from this being bored because this isn't the typical go to the movies and be locked into just, action and explosions left and right the entire time um because i mean at the end of the day like i don't know what people are expecting it is oppenheimer's historical biopic so I'll, I'll save the rest for when we get into spoilers but i think the writing here was just awesome the acting was awesome the editing of how they cut the movie as well as the sound editing were both just brilliant to me i thought they were just completely engaging and yeah so kelly like camp said 9.6 out of 10 for five stars i'm excited to rewatch it tomorrow i think i'm gonna like it even more um, I can see why it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I love history. And personally for me, you can do whatever you want. My recommendation was I went into Oppenheimer blind. Like obviously I knew stuff from learning about stuff in history class, but I didn't do any extra research, but I loved researching after the facts. I kind of like going in the movie, just not really knowing too much about what actually happened. Research after the facts. When we get into spoilers, I just want to talk about like how like so much of the stuff that happened, even just the most subtle things like are straight from like, the biography of his life. So like Christopher Nolan did like a great job with like researching, like even just the most subtle moments were like ripped from what people said actually happened in his life. Um, so yeah, very historical dense movie, but I really, really loved it. And uh, yeah, uh, it's a five star for me. It's my number one on the year um, and Cam had to step away. So I'll jump it over <laughs> to George since obviously I know he's a huge Nolan fan. Yeah. It's, it's 
A known fighter? <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, no shot. I'm way more of an M. Night stan, actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, th this was a five out of five after my first watch. This was a five out of five, and I thought higher of it after a second watch. I didn't this one. Yeah, I didn't see this. Yeah, see I saw it again. Open not thursday night yeah, yeah thursday night um yeah th this was just such a surreal heart pounding experience um th this is the the perfect biopic for nolan to have taken over like i can't have seen him taken over like a mark zuckerberg biopic or something like this this was the perfect like stressful anxiety uh massive bombastic biopic that was just perfect for nolan to tell adding in like his nonlinear storytelling going back and forth from Los Alamos to the courtroom to that small little boardroom that they were in. I thought just made for such a stressful experience, such an eye opening, engaging experience. Um, not a lot uh, more can be said about Ludwig Goranson's score. I listened to it at the gym yesterday and my fucking God, does that thing just explode in my ear? Um, yeah. I I'm pretty much echoing every single thing Tyler said. I absolutely adored this thing. I'm I'm currently redoing my greatest movies of all time list on Letterboxd, and I'm having trouble placing Oppenheimer right now because, like, in my head, I want to put it at one, but realistically, no. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, but like the the recency bias is coming out like crazy right now. I'm like, fuck me, man. I want to just stick this at one and tell everyone to go fuck themselves. Um, Killian Murphy is such a star the things this man can do with like just his eyes is unbelievable that final um i'll save it for spoilers um but yeah there, there's one shot in particular that i just um, i mean this man's eyes are incredible um everyone keeps talking about rdj obviously he is in my mind currently the the front runner for best supporting actor um don't sleep on um what's his name jason clark he was brilliant, especially in those final he 30 made me minutes. He hate him especially. so much. He did so good. Man, amazing. I hated him. I hated him. His, his, the entire scene, uh, un, obviously my favorite scene is the Trinity test, but one very underrated scene I haven't seen a lot of people talk about was when he's interrogating Kitty, uh, Emily Blunt's character. That was nuts. The, the score in the background just getting louder and louder. My heart was fucking racing the entire time. Um, Wait, who, who, who are you talking about? Which one? Sorry. Jason Clark. So you know, like in the boardroom when they're like talking to Oppenheimer and interviewing him, he's like the uh, main the main guy that was talking. Yeah, to me, like yeah, a yeah, real yeah, asshole great. lawyer type guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was great. He was really yeah. Really he good. he was fantastic. And then, dude, even uh, Walmart Han Solo. Like, I thought he was great. Um, Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah. Yeah, Alden Ehrenreich. I'm not getting these old. Oh, I, so I don't much. know his fucking name. Dude, even um, like so, like even Albert Einstein. Like, so last year we saw Judd Hirsch get nominated in like the Fablements for having yeah. like two lines. Albert Einstein. I get like a lot of people are like, oh, it's kind of weird seeing him on screen, but like, I don't know. Like that final scene was just so impactful. I was like, even just like, when yeah. I did see Einstein, I did have a little bit of a chuckle. Honestly, it was quite weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Dude, but I he's also really like a weird guy when you first meet him too. So like that yeah. didn't help. Yeah. Uh, true. True. But yeah, I, I'll I want to get the spoilers uh, just because I want to talk a, a few in depth things. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a five out of five for me. It's my best. It's in my mind the best film of the year. I could write a dissertation on the Trinity test scene alone. I that shit nearly made me pass out and give me a heart attack when they were counting. I I genuinely was considering this. Dude, it was crazy when they were counting down from ten. 
I was losing my shit. I, I literally wanted to scream and be like, count faster. I was like, come on. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, I want to see this. And it, um, that was one of the most, like, hyped up. Everyone knew that scene was coming, obviously. That was one of the most, like, hyped up scenes versus living up to the expectations like I've ever seen. Like, I don't know how Nolan could have crafted that scene any better. It's interesting. I'll go into some spoilers, but I heard a few criticisms on the on, on the scene on the scene you're referring yeah, to, yeah, I, yeah. I, which I completely um disagree with. But yeah, sorry, carry on. I'll go. On. I, I'm I'm done. Five out of five for me. Best movie of the year. Uh, I mean, depending on how the year stacks up, obviously we got a Leo performance, we got a Joaquin performance. Right now, Killian Murphy's no doubt my best actor. Yeah, probably for me too, actually. Um, do you want me? Do I go? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so now. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I echo both of these gentlemen. I think it was just an epic film on just an unbelievable magnitude. It was just so big, so grand, such a huge scale. But I think with a Nolan film, by now they're unquestionably technical marvels. You know, they are. Nolan works with the best, the best guys in the industry when it comes to the sound mixing, which actually I like a lot, especially in this film. That's criticism he gets quite a lot. Um, cinematography, uh, George, you'll know what's his name again, Van Hoyt. Hoyt Van Hoytema. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Scoring this was sublime. I was listening to it this morning, and I just think it was... But not only was it a, a, a technical marvel that would completely blew me away, and like George was saying, that scene, the test scene, I, I, I have never felt more like I was going to have like a panic attack in the middle of the cinema. It was crazy. Like yeah, I you felt, said on Twitter, it was like more so than any like horror movie you'd seen, right? Like, yeah, man, it's crazy. Like Because a horror movie, you know if you get like jump scared, man. it's a quick bang. But like, I am slowly waiting for this countdown. Yeah. My heart, every beat, my heart's going crazy. It's like, literally really? like, oh my, it's like, and I say that, I feel like I've said this a few times across like Real Talk episodes. It's like watching a car accident in slow motion. In like, slow motion. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. it's anxiety, it's stress, it's frightening. Even the scene, sorry, Seth, for completely cutting no, you no, off. No. But like the scene when Killian Murphy, when Oppenheimer is talking to the crowd oh, and yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. shutters are going on behind him. The crowd, you don't even hear them. All you hear is like their feet standing up and like Killian Murphy's having an existential crisis. Like that was frightening. I, I think if if the IMAX was any louder at that point, because I was like in a really good seat, I booked it early. So I was like dead center, middle center. I If the countdown was any longer, I think I might have died. <laughs> like it was crazy how weird I felt. Um, but yeah, more than more than it being a visual spectacle, I think it was challenging from a, a morality perspective, from a bureaucratic perspective. I think it had a really good look authority. I was really like like Tyler. I know the basics of Oppenheimer's story. I didn't know the ins and outs, and I chose specifically not to research that before because I, I do actually really enjoy history. Um, and I, I did some research like Tyler after because I, I do really like reading up on that. But I think this kind of for me was one of Nolan's best written work because he proved he can. I mean, he's proved it before, don't get me wrong. I'm, you know, I, I like Nolan a lot. But I mean, this was like his film where he proved, you know, he can do more than just the visual spectacle because this offered so much in terms of its uh, dramatic sense um, and, and bureaucratic sense, especially in that, that final that final kind of half an hour period, which I really enjoyed. Um, and I just think not only did it prove that, but it also improved Nolan, his, his talent for creating a visual spectacle, especially with the people he works with. Like I said, the sound mixers, the editors, the cinematographer, the score, it's its unbelievable, some of the sequences, and, and it really is. Um, so far, I think it might be my number one film of the year. I think it is, actually. Um, out of the like 30 films I've seen, I think it is my number one, Just maybe just ahead of uh, Across the Spider-Verse. 
Um, and I think it, it will take quite a lot to beat it because I think it was really good. The only, literally, the only criticism I have of the entire film, um, there was 20 minutes in like the final act, 15, 20 minutes, where he's kind of introducing the twist, I guess, uh, which obviously will go into, you know, the, 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 the reveal. Um, and it was kind of, for me, it flowed illogically for 20 minutes going back and forth between Oppenheimer sequences and the courtroom sequences where we really weren't going anywhere. And I think it flew illogically just to introduce a twist, which is kind of Nolan's thing, I guess. And I, I, mean, I don't know how he could have done it differently, but that's just my perspective. I didn't enjoy that too much. But I will say as well, um, again, I've been vocal about three-hour films. I This film did not feel three hours at all to me. I, I think this film felt two hours, if that because I was I was completely in the whole time. I think it takes a lot to do that, and I think I enjoyed so so much of it. One thing that was a bit weird was seeing uh, Benny. Was it Benny Safdie? Is we, I get. I loved yeah. him. I no, I did, but it took me a while. Yeah, I, I, when he like I, when he first like walked into the door, I was like, oh, that's Benny Safdie, and I didn't know what character he was playing. So like the Russian accent coming out completely yeah, that, that caught took me, me off guard. Took me off guard too. Um, I had no idea who he was playing, so I was like, "Oh, whoa!" And it was then kind of the same with um. Once uh, I settled in, I was like, "Okay, he's actually yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I really liked him killing it right now." <laughs> like it was like Kelly, I say with like Kenneth Branagh when I first heard him speak, I was like, "What's <laughs> happening here?" Um, but after a while, it, it really, really worked. And also, no, I'll, I'll say this at spoilers, but yeah, it was a four point five out of five for me. Uh, very close to being a five initially. I just think there was twenty minutes in the third act, which I didn't love. It did fly by a little bit, but I'll leave it there until until spoilers. Four point five out of five. Currently, my um, number one film of the year, and I and not I didn't mention the the cast, of course, Greg. I don't think we need to touch on that too much. You, you guys already said it. Um, Killian Murphy, Emily Blunt, um, fucking Matt Damon. What was the guy called? The uh, the guy in the interrogation. What was his name again? Jason Clark. Jason Clark. Yeah, he was great. He was really good. Robert Downey Jr. Of course, is probably in the lead for best supporting actor. But like we said before. There really isn't that much competition from at least what I've seen anyway, but he was fantastic. Really, really enjoyed him. But I'll let uh, Cam say it's like spoiler-free force now anyway. Yep. I don't. I won't harp on it too much. Kind of everything you guys mentioned. Uh, it's great. Um, hopefully that he's okay. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love this movie. Oh, bud. Come on. You're all right. Uh, I love this thing. I thought it was so much fun. Um, uh, or not fun actually i take that back i thought it was like a great viewing experience and then emma asked me like after the movie if it was a sad movie and i would say like i was more sad during barbie but this movie was like just an existential dread, yeah. feeling <laughs> of dread like the, just throughout the entire thing it wasn't like particularly like make me cry sad it was just make me hate everything about this world that i'm in and just like be depressed that i'm alive kind of thing like that that's kind of the feeling i had when i left it um i will say uh like i i had it at a four out of five but i told you guys i was teetering on it five, I did, or five out of five sorry i was teetering on it i did drop it to a four and a half you all spoiled what your number one of the did you rewatch it to do that or did you just like think yeah, so i saw it on thursday as well um oh, i did uh um you you guys all spoiled your number one of the year for um I, i've already hidden my oh, letterbox shit, for shit, yeah. um yeah i hid my letterbox rankings for the year um until monday next monday um but yeah i dropped it a little bit to a four and a half out of five um and and that's mostly because i don't think this felt like a three-hour movie by any means and it didn't feel long but it almost felt like with how much like there were scenes that were like, go, go, go. 
there were scenes that were slower paced. It almost felt like I'm going to do a little, if you're on YouTube, you get a little extra here. It felt like a car that was like bouncing <laughs> at points, like, cause we were speeding and then we stopped I'm speeding, stop. Um, and let me grab something from my back. No, just building off of what Cam was saying to fill in some airtime. It's like lights, camera, barstool tweeted this, one of the guys from them. And I totally agree with this. They were like, I love this movie. The three hours felt great, but I could have watched a two hour cut of this movie. I also could have watched an eight hour cut of this movie. It's like, it could have been, cut, good it could have been den- yeah, condensed, yeah. could have been expanded on whether it's two hour cut or eight hour cut. So like, yeah, just there. Cam, Actually, I don't know if I agree. I think that the three hours was like perfect for me. I don't think it was too short. I don't think it was too long. It was. They dark. were saying they liked it. They're just saying like yeah. they they're saying they could have seen a two hour cut of this movie and felt like they didn't lose much of it. But at the same time, they could have watched an yeah, eight hour cut and had everything expanded and liked that a lot. No, I, I would have died with an eight hour cut. Like I would have genuinely. <laughs> the four died hours purely of the countdown to the train. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Crazy. And I don't think I necessarily felt the runtime. I just feel like it had so much because it was so intense at its high moments that it had so much starting and stopping for me. It just kind of felt like I was in a car just hitting the brake every once in a while, and that rubs me the wrong way, just so ever so slightly. Like it's not like I I dropped it to a ninety four out of hundred. Maybe if I watch this thing ten more times and it becomes my favorite movie ever, I'll obviously raise it a little bit. But um Robert Downey for me, like I will always see him as Iron Man. Um like forever. It's just kind of where I'm at with him and how much I love him in that role. This movie like completely took that away. Just like he was so goddamn good as Struss, right? They pronounce it Struss. Yeah. So goddamn good. Like this is without a doubt, in my opinion, the best supporting actor role. And even though we said like he doesn't have a ton of competition, I don't think he has a ton of competition, just even if there were great performances. Like this, in my opinion, was on the level of like Kihei Kwan from last year. And like, even if there were great performances would be that like, you know, at the Oscars, number one, minus 2000, like just a lock to win this thing. Um, we can move on to uh, spoilers a little bit. The bomb explodes. Um, no. Yeah. Crazy. So, uh, Big reveal. Yeah, there's not really spoilers. Like it's a clearly a true story. Um, but if you guys want to mention anything. I did want to say one thing. I've had, I don't know about you guys. I've had so many questions and comments about this. Why the fuck is there a rumor that was a 15-minute sex scene? I have had so like, Variety, many... Yeah. Variety came out with like an article saying something, or like some reviewer said like there's a fit, like from like one of the early screening critics, and like everyone ran with that. And like, it was I like two, it just boiled out of hand. About 30 seconds. I was just like, no, the, the only reason I'd never believed that was because Nolan has never displayed that ever. Like he's never had like a fascination with like, portraying intimacy in movies really like obviously everyone always criticizes him for the way he handles females and a lot of that comes with how he handles like their relationships with the men in the movies he's never once like it would be funny if they dove into sex scenes because they you know because after obviously after obviously spoilers whatever Killing Murphy for his future character, you know, um, they do have sex after they're kind of sat naked talking to each other. It would be funny if that's what people were referring to, how they just sat naked, which is really weird because I had so many comments on my review saying, can I go to this with, like, my mom? How how long is the sex scene? It's like, what are we talking about here? It was so yeah. French people are definitely looking at Oppenheimer say. with, like, the Weenie Hut Jr. roller coaster meme. Like, French people yeah. are like, you think this is nudity in movies? Grow up. I will say. 
there wasn't 15 minute sex scene. There was like a one minute sex scene, but like 15 minutes of nude chit chatting. Yeah, like, that's not sex. That's crazy. Naked but, conversation. No, I, I, I saw someone that said like it was 15 minutes of straight missionary where the camera yeah, yeah. was behind. Yeah, that was literally like Murphy's ass. Ten seconds. No, oh, not yet. Also, you couldn't that. even. Not yes. even. You couldn't even see anything when they were naked, other than Florence Pugh's top off. Anyway, well, it's like, what have we? Why have we not seen? You know, I mean, we've seen all this before. I don't know why the reaction was so right. big to this. Yeah, so Christopher Nolan and Americans are very much prudes like right. about that story. Yeah, and that's the only reason it went. God, the two just moving away. The two most stressful scenes, or the three, two of the most stressful scenes in this movie were the bomb test and then the scene the after. Maybe? No, no, no. The scene where uh, Killian Murphy is celebrating that he uh, that they dropped the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and he's like talking to the crowd. The fact that like all sounds cut out around those scenes, like for the bomb test, all you hear is the breathing of people. I loved because that, that was um, that, you go. I was just saying that was the criticism I've heard most on Twitter was like it was almost anticlimactic. You're having this big build, and then he goes silent. I loved that. I think that no, was, I love it too. And it's like it's one of those things where like you don't think about it that they're ten miles away from the bomb. I love like, you see yeah, when you see right. fireworks, you see like the explosion, obviously, and then you're hit with it. Not something I thought about. I thought the bomb would explode. You'd hear the noise, obviously. And then, like, it cuts silent for, you know, good, two, like two minutes or yeah. something. Yeah, 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 30 yeah. seconds even. It also was like, like, holy shit. And bro, then it just... I, I, I felt like I was watching A Quiet Place. I'm sitting there trying not to breathe myself because I didn't want to make a Crazy, single yeah. thing of noise. My heart is pounding out of its fucking chest. And then, like, after the bomb explodes and, like, they get hit with, like, that the wars kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, and the way it just came, bro. I cannot stress the sound design of this movie because it's the same thing with that scene where Killian is talking to that group of people. Like as he like continues to progress, everything goes silent. Even like when the people stand up and cheer, you don't hear them stand up and cheer. All you hear is like the second you, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah all, all yeah, you yeah. hear is the movement of the chairs and like the feet like standing up. And then, like, the screaming of that girl just broke my heart yeah. it was, out of nowhere. It was, I watched that scene this morning because I found it on Twitter. I wanted to show Anna that particular, like, celebration scene because he says, like, um, something about Japan and then they all stand up and cheer. And then the second time he does it, he says, we should have used it on the Germans. Yeah. That's the, it was the second time. That's the point where it goes completely silent and you just hear the brief, like, stamp, the brief thing. I thought it was so good. I thought it was such a good, like, clever way of going about and, it. And I think that was, like, that's the thing that... Sorry, you go. Someone, someone goes. I was gonna say, I, I think that's yeah. the boldest visual Nolan's ever pulled off in his whole career. Was that scene with the the faces being blown back with the sound yeah. that mixing? Yeah. I think that's like, and and that that's an unoriginal thought too. Like I know Doug and Owen, where people are like somewhat criticize Nolan in the past. Like I was DMing them, they're like, that is like the most perfect thing Nolan's ever done. Like that scene was so bold, so innovative a way of showing that that it was just so crazy. Is that the scene also where like Oppenheimer's walking out and he steps on like a burnt corpse? Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and then Roderick Rule throws up. Yeah, that's who throws up. up. I didn't even notice it was him. Yeah, that's his uh, only cameo in the movie. Ro- Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Roderick no, Rule. No, no, no. no, he does things. He's oh, in he the does. Movie a lot. I only remembered him. Yeah, yeah, he's in the movie a lot. He's, he's in the, the he's in the room the in uh, Los Alamos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's in that room a lot, but whatever um yeah i didn't notice it was him throwing up um yeah that this movie just had so much so much dread around it and absolutely just like destroyed everything i felt i i think i felt like the way george felt after after sun in this thing 
um my son's crying so i'll let one of you guys talk no yeah, yeah. one like, thing i, I want to take such a deep breath yeah. like cam said like i was just like holy shit like once it ended i just sat in my seat i was like fuck like it was a three-hour movie that was, that was, that was my whole go, theater yeah normally you have to like you know three hours like i gotta run to the bathroom but like we just all stood there and i was like holy shit which we, this deserves a whole conversation breath. talking about the final scene so we'll kind of get into that but yeah the, when this yeah. ended i was like fuck dude i like i haven't ripped a dart or smoked a six since college I was like, I, I need one. Like, I was like, holy. It, and I need it, like a it's scotch. Coming. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Jesus, that, that's heavy. Uh, and like me, I was like 40 minutes away from my home for this. Cause I was like, like the real IMAX, which isn't like super close to me. Yeah. That whole drive home. I was just like, man, it, it's the same way I felt after watching Joker. Where I was like, I'm just like bummed on what this world is right now. Yeah. One thing. Um, and I mean, I, I don't think people aren't talking about it, but they're not talking about it nearly as much as like Killian or RDJ. Matt Damon was a stud. A so I think it's because people stud expect so him to be so yeah. He was or, like he because Matt he, Damon's the best actor. Stop. But he was Not so funny. Enough. He was so like he felt very passionate about being in this movie, playing this role, and seeing him work off Killian. Their scenes together, like the scene where they're riding the train the scene before the Trinity test where they're just talking about like near zero. I, I loved it. Like I, I thought he was like the perfect, like morally sounds character to like work opposite of Killian Murphy's Oppenheimer, who's obviously having like these absolute moral dilemmas. Um, Especially in the first scene when they introduced like the antithesis of each other in the first yeah. scene, in the, in the like, classroom area. That I love really that. I love their, their, their back and forth where like, uh matt damon's character was like people have called you a womanizer condescending basically saying people call you an asshole communist and yeah stuff. like yeah, that yeah. entire conversation was just so like riveting it was like such a perfect introduction i want to get your thoughts on this obviously it depends on how the rest of the year goes could you see multiple actor nominations in supporting actor I movie. think Emily Blunt could even like get nominated. No, for, no, for I, I think she's friend. a lock. She's but a lock to be nominated. I mean, I mean, supporting Robert actor. Too. Yeah. I, like, I do Matt you Damon think they would nominate both of them? Yeah. I think like, when was the last time it's one like, movie had multiple nominations in literally one category? Last, literally last Jamie year. Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Super. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Right, right. Shit. Literally last year. But no. Okay. I see what you're saying. The best part of Matt Damon for me is he brought such much needed comedic relief to this movie. Like, that, it just needed it desperately. And, like, every line he had where it's, like, just, like, a little joke. He had such a dry sense of humor that Oppenheimer's always so serious and Matt Damon would always kind of just, like, break the tension with just, like, a little, like, this isn't so serious, which is just so... Such a, like, which also just builds the horror of the movie because they're literally building a nuclear bomb. But like the general of the military is able to be like joking about it, kind of lighthearted about the situation. And he, Matt that, Damon that, just killed it. He just crushed it. <laughs> that was a funny scene where uh, that one guy quit and then Oppenheimer's like, what happens if he tells people? And Matt Damon's like, I'll just kill him. And yeah. he's like, nah, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. It's so he's awkward. Like, yeah. if he's like, I'm kidding. I won't. In my head, I'm like, you are not kidding at oh, all, bro. I like that scene. Um, it's, it's brave of Nolan to, I think, put some kind of awkward humor in this. And I do actually, I echo Tyler's thoughts in that it was needed. I, I know why people don't like it. I've actually seen a few complaints about the, yeah. uh, the dialogue at points, which I, I understand because I think it, it kind of has to fit the tone at certain points. But I actually quite liked that relief that Matt Damon's character offered because he was like an authority figure, quite a dominating figure, but he yeah. had this kind of softer comedic side that in, in, in conversations like that worked really well for me. Yeah. Anyway. 
that's exactly what I loved about his character is like Matt Damon knew exactly like when he needs to be a little more comedic, which really was few. And it's not like he was cracking jokes left and right. It was like very few and far between, but like he obviously used to, everyone saw the scene in the trailer where he's like, why? Because it's the most important thing to happen in human history. And then there were even scenes like when he's working off of Killian, where he has to be like a little more reserved. It's like, it's such an underrated performance because of like, where he's stretching himself as an actor. Like he's going through so many emotions, which I think everyone in this movie is. Um, can we transition to the ending? Because I really want to talk about it. Yeah, we got to talk <laughs> yeah. about the ending. The the entire, I mean, I'll, I'll just, all I want to, I mean, we'll get into like deeper spoilers, but the way, and I'm going to keep bringing up Lug, Ludwig Gorenson's score. That, that I'm talking about like the very, very final scene where like Robert Downey Jr. isn't in the courtroom. He's in like his back room talking to um, Alden Ehrenreich. And Ludwig Gorenson's uh, score where it's like the, you know the the, the oh, banging of the footsteps even. just yeah. keeps getting louder and louder and louder and then it all builds up obviously until um that final confrontation with uh oppenheimer and einstein which i fucking love and this was this part where that i was talking about in my non-spoilers the final shot of killian just on his face that's that the shot we'd seen all yeah all but well. to like see yeah. it in motion that one shot it was cool. Need, give this man what this dude is doing with his eyes is absolutely ridiculous. You are loving this guy's eyes, bro. You? It was it reminded me of uh, Tom Hardy in The Dark Knight Rises because you don't see any uh, part yeah, of that man's yeah. face except his eyes and the things yeah, he yeah. does with his eyes in that movie, like just instill fear into my body. And the things yeah. Killian Murphy did in this movie just with his eyes was ridiculous. Yeah, so I do see. They you were mean. also mega blue during this movie. Like stupid blue, mega blue. No, yeah. the amount, the Some amount of tweets eye. I've seen. Wow, watching Killian Murphy's uh, cheekbone structure in IMAX was the second coming of Christ. <laughs> it was I the only one who thought Killian Murphy was like you know because he's quite he's very skinny and lanky looking. I thought he was tall. I, this film made me realize this guy's quite small. Like, he did look tall, yeah, especially he's... in the end when they like when he like was getting older and he like emaciated his body. Like in the real life, Killian Murphy like you know slimmed down a bunch of weight and got like deathly skinny. That made him look so tall. It was when he was next to a like a Josh, Hartnett oh, Josh Hartnett and like and yeah. he looked so he's like five seven the, yeah, this yeah. whole because like Josh Hartnett gives cool. off like tall guy energy. Like when we watched like and Beyond the Sea Black Mirror, like I was like yeah. he's like an imposing, yeah. intimidating guy. But then like in this, like Killian Murphy, I'm like, damn, that's a tall dude. But yeah, I like, actually really liked uh, Josh Hartnett. No, well. he's so like, good. Really like, and like yeah, yeah. you know when the, this cast is announced and you you know you have thirty names of people you know you don't you, we didn't know immediately who was going to get a ton of a runway. Right. Going to this, I didn't expect Josh Hartnett to get so much runway to be talking and having stuff in it but yeah he, he did great in this and and do you, oh you know what Here, here's a question for you back I, on the supporting actors because i i was really like blown away by benny safty like genuinely he had more screen time than i expected he worked with killian like i loved their relationship it was like super complicated um and i i thought benny safty was so damn good in this movie yeah, it took me like it took me like ten minutes to adjust when I first heard him. But after a while, yeah, like, yeah, he, yeah, I think he's great. Other, I really, really like him. Yeah, other he, than he like was Robert, stunning. Other than Robert Downey on the uh, on the supporting actor comment conversation, I think the like second best supporting actor performance was from 
uh, uh, Dane DeHaan or, or oh, yeah, I love Dane DeHaan or Alden Ehrenreich. I think he crushed it in this as well. And Alden Ehrenreich, I've always known as a good actor. He kind of gets ripped a little bit because he tried. He didn't try. He did a very good job, in all honesty, to play Han Solo. He um, did do a good job. I'm tired really of the slander. But he people Solo? like, yeah, no, in, y- Solo. in Solo, um, a younger version. People uh, try to slander him for that because it's not. No. I mean, it's not Harrison Ford, but like no. he did a damn good job. I he think. did a fine and job. And I think he did a really good job in this as well. Um, I also want to mention I did burst out. I did laugh a little bit. I didn't burst out laughing, but probably for this kind of theater, I started laughing pretty hard for uh, for uh, um, during the. Uh, have you just put? <laughs> yeah, where, where did, he hung did. him up on a coat rack by the back of his overalls. His child. <laughs> um, but I started laughing when uh, Albert Einstein. I said screen because yeah. it, I said the <laughs> exact same thing as you. It made me laugh when it came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, because it, it it was just it wasn't because it was a No Way Home type cameo, but like the jokes <laughs> online about it being a No Way Home yeah. type cameo like made me laugh very. What much. were what were all your thoughts oh. on the John F. Kennedy name drop? No, that was funny. I thought that was a that can was I just say uh, name drop. Gary Oldman. I I really liked his little. Boy. I didn't know. Okay, My I had. And I had to tell him. I had zero clue. Tyler texted me. I think, Tyler, you saw it a day after I did. That night, Tyler texted me like, was Gary Oldman the president or am I I bugging? And I'm like, like in my head, I'm like, you're absolutely out of your fucking mind. That was not Gary Oldman. (laughs) Also, did we know Casey Affleck was in this movie? They kind of used him as like some crazy reveal. I don't know if we knew he was in it, but I think it's weird how much of a reveal it was for Casey Affleck. I well, I, mean, I they, didn't know he was in I, it. I, I think for like the inner Twitter circle of film talkers that like were really deep into film, that's a crazy cameo for like the average moviegoer. Casey Affleck. Yeah, I do. but they but they did for a while. They showed the they back didn't of his show head him. and just had him talking. I'm like, I think that's Casey Affleck, but I can't tell for yeah, sure. Yeah, he like um, came up on screen, and I'm like did I know he was in this? And and then I went back like a year ago, I had posted a video like going through the Oppenheimer cast and and he wasn't there. And I was like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know if I knew he was like in this movie, but like, yeah, I thought that was a pretty cool cameo. Um, One thing I did well too is just some dick apparently. Yeah, he was just an asshole. Like cool. (laughs) One thing I did want to say is, okay, so I can't remember his name, you know, um, when uh, what is it? Uh, so Killian Murphy near the start, he travels to where does he go now? So he goes to Germany. He goes to, he goes to Netherlands, doesn't he? At one point, yeah. And he meets the guy who we who I can't remember his name. Heisenberg. The, Heisenberg. No, no, no. The other the other physicist, uh, the smaller. Uh, what was his name? Um, he's I'm he's sorry. in the he's in the final scene when they're like older. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rami Malek's character, or no? No, 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 no. no. Early. The guy who met him at the start, who was also I know, I know. When they him on the train. Oh, the oh, on the train. oh, oh, okay. The other. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm, look, I'm looking that, at the cast. Really I can't find him on the list. Is anyway, it, is it David uh, Crumholtz? He plays. Uh, he plays. Uh, I think it is. He plays a fucking yes, yes, Santa Claus. The in Rob, the Santa yeah. Claus. He plays a elf. I think. So him. I don't know if you guys noticed this, and I, I found this kind of funny. It's stupid. So at the end, you know, at the end, obviously, we get the scene where it's, you know, 20 years later, whatever it is, and everyone's been aged. And you've got um, Oppenheimer, Emily Blunt, uh, what's his name? Dylan Arnold, I think it is. Uh, Oppenheimer's brother. It was really weird because they showed his face, the guy who he'd met on the train, and they didn't age him at all or put a wig on him. And I found that really bizarre. Do you know in the final scene? <laughs> also, funny, only funny enough, I don't think anyone I think was wearing a wig in that scene. I thought they, I think they had just like 
put dust powder on their hair. But at least I they thought, put like they did like I the... they did age him. I really? Because I yeah. I looked at him and I was like, he he's not got any more wrinkles. He didn't have any gray. But maybe I'm wrong. Really? I, I swear I didn't, but I just found it really interesting when I was watching it. Maybe you did. Maybe you did. I don't I don't know if we're close to wrapping this up, but I have a question yeah. for you guys. Yeah. Is this the best biopic since the social network? So yes. what do we count as a biopic? Like the Wolf Plus of Wall an individual Street? Individual person. Well, why? What are you thinking? The big short. I would Isn't consider a bio- that a biopic. Yeah. Oh, no, I think this might be top three, but I also have that big short higher than social network. So um big short have- higher than a social network? Wait, did you say George, did you say since the social oh, yeah. network or since the social network? Since the social yeah. network. Since twenty seven. Okay. No, Rock no, yeah. I, I, very I, much I, up I, there I, for me personally. I mean, I, yeah. I would have it. I would have it the best one since Social Network. I can't think of any other that would come close. Like I, I don't like Wolf of Wall Street and Damien Chazelle's First Man, uh, like, Big Short. But like, I still, t- I, I don't know. No, definitely uh, Oppenheimer for me. Definitely Oppenheimer. I'm very curious. Like, I really, I really do think I'm on like just a Nolan Oppenheimer seeing an IMAX high right now. Like, I'm very curious. Like in like two, three months time when this comes out on digital and I obviously buy it. Um, how I'm how like my thoughts are gonna hold up just watching it. It, it will be home. a massively different experience. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm very uh, curious think, to see that. Do you guys think that I actually don't think this will age across the board as one of the higher higher rated Nolan works? Uh no. because of what Tyler was saying earlier, when I it's don't know. It, it is a lot more dialogue driven. And I know it's at four point four right now, but at the same time, Barbie and Oppenheimer are both like four point three, four point four. They'll inevitably go down. They will because people like giving five yeah. stars for things they haven't even seen yet. It's also like, as much as we just like praised Oppenheimer, and I think at least me and Tyler are in agreement. This might be like his best written film. I I don't know it's, where I have it yet. It's like top three, I think. Yeah, my point is, it's three hours long. Like this is I, yeah, one of yeah. his least accessible films in my mind. It's not like it's not two and a half hour Interstellar where you're like watching like space yeah. unfold. Stop. Really cool shit. Like this is a three hour on film black and white dialogue driven movie like describing that movie you would have thought this movie was made in the 70s i wish it was made in the 70s i yeah stop it yeah i think christopher (laughs) nolan's career is just so fascinating because like i mentioned at, at the beginning of this review like how this isn't the typical blockbuster from him but so it's just interesting because typical like film fan like film bros or not even film bros like the casual moviegoer knows nolan and probably has their favorite nolan's is like the dark knight movies the inceptions and interstellars of the world whereas like most casual moviegoers probably hadn't seen like memento and stuff like i know a lot of my friends have seen a lot of nolan's but they haven't seen memento the prestige i feel like is kind of more under the radar in the general public dunkirk isn't a favor of the general public but his last three movies dunkirk tenet and oppenheimer are like starting to not be loved by the general audience as much but like Critics and Which people, are kind of critics and anti Nolan people are loving those. I feel like he's like changing the guard a little bit. Where Dunkirk was like when like people have been out on Nolan for his blockbuster started really being like, okay, he's on to something here. Tenet being a deconstruction of the modern action blockbuster. Critics and I've seen a lot of people like I know like the Doug and Owens of the world they love that movie as well. And I just general critics in, in general really love it. Whereas the general audience is the lowest Rotten Tomatoes. And then Oppenheimer, another one that I think as time goes on, like George, uh, Seth said. I think this goes down on average rating because it is a four hour long or three hour long movie that isn't very accessible, but people, especially this one more than any movie I've seen from Nolan that is where people that are like, I mean, even Paul Schrader, like are people who are saying I've normally been out on Nolan, but he's really onto something here. So I think he's like kind of shifting his career, which is interesting because he's going for less 
mainstream appeal, but starting to get a lot more credit from people on his filmmaking ability. So it's just really interesting to see where he goes from here. Um, but yeah, like this so, is such such a good. This movie. is like a little, a little like I. I guess a little segue from what Tyler just said, that this is also what I think people respect a little more. And this is not a knock to the movie at all. This was, this is an experience. Like this isn't a movie. Like this is an absolute experience. It's an immersive, heart pounding, gripping experience. And like I said, at the beginning of this whole Oppenheimer review, like this was the perfect biopic for Christopher Nolan to take and not make like, boring like he was able to like flash his creative ability his filmmaking style and just do whatever he wanted because like it's the story of the atomic bomb it's as flashy and bombastic as nolan's like film career has been yeah i think i think he was one of probably the best directors to take this over um from a writing standpoint you know if you were to tell me I, I don't I've never said Christopher Nolan's a bad writer by any means. I think people way over exaggerate how good how bad of a writer he is. I think it's maybe his weaker point of his life, but like no one can be perfect in all aspects, right? But uh, I do think if you maybe three, four years ago you were like he's making a character driven biopic, even if you said about Oppenheimer that's like all a lot of dialogue driven, it could have given a little bit of hesitation, but um, I do think he was one of the best directors to do this from a like editing design standpoint. He knows what's going to bring in the most engaging like it works with just uh, yeah top guys as well. So yeah, uh, I th I think I think he was one of the better directors to do this. Um, Tyler and I were discussing it. Um, best edited or like the sound design, obviously, I think is the best. And then I think Tyler said this is the best edited movie of the year, best like editing wise. Yeah. I so my question is, do you consider like across the Spider Verse like in that editing, or is that more like computer generated no, ed editing? I don't. I don't think animation gets considered for best, best. film editing at the Oscars. Okay. Well, I could I, be. I could be completely I'm, wrong. Does animation get considered for anything other than? Yeah, animation doesn't animated. get considered for anything other than best animated yeah. feature. <laughs> Bullshit. But which is but, ridiculous. I yeah. think that was like edited better, but again, it was animation. And so like they can play with it a lot more. Yeah. Um, but I guess if we're talking, if that's not going to get considered, then yeah, this was, this was number one, but I, I, I did him and I talked about it a little bit. And I think, I, uh, I think it's number one. I would say the second for me, one of the strongest points of Bo is afraid is actually the editing in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think I, I'll I agree with that. Yeah. But like when I brought it up to Cam, man. I was like, this is the best edited movie of the year. And he's like, what about across Spider-Verse? I was like, Oh yeah, I guess like it's just like that wasn't even on my mind, you know. Like it was just kind of like I wasn't because they just it. don't, it, they just don't include animated. Right. But like I, I agree with Cam, movie. editing of it was phenomenal. But this is probably my favorite mm -hmm. ending of a Christopher Nolan movie ever. Like that whole model dialogue while showing Killian Murphy flying a rocket with the nukes mm -hmm. flying and then the Earth literally exploding, craziest ending I've ever seen from Nolan. But oh. also the intro as well, like. Prometheus invented Earth or fire for that. The he was changing. We haven't spoke about the intro, dude. I was and with like the fire in the background with like those like like just text about Prometheus I, and for that he was tortured for eternity. I was like, holy shit, what I am I in store for? And then IMAX I immediately, not. I was like, this might be too much for me. I was like, with this fire, I was like, I'm gonna <laughs> yes, freak they, out already. They, so the intro and outro for this movie was like cracked. I'll be honest, I didn't know the movie was starting because I thought there at my at my Guardians of the Galaxy screening there were trailers for other like disney projects fuck you disney um <laughs> but 
I thought there were going to be trailers, and then all of a sudden the movie start was starting. I'm like, what? What the hell just happened? So I there was a little were thrown. trailers at my. I really, saw, there were none I of saw, mine. I know. I saw so many tweets, and I, I, I first it's saw it. I, I saw. Yeah, I think Sydney retweeted something that I saw, and I was like, okay, well, we'll get. We have to get there early. So we literally got to the theater. It was me, Sophie, and Sophie's friend. We got to the theater literally at like eleven o'clock because we because our our screening was eleven thirty. We were like. We probably got there even at like 10:45, 10:50. We got there I early. Tweets as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah because we like we were like we got to get concession, we got to use the bathroom, like we got to like make sure we're sitting in our seats by like 11 whatever. We were sitting in our seats probably by like 11:05, 11:10. And then 11:30 rolls around and like the green Crazy. um what is it like the audience? You know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm, the yeah. green thing that comes up before. And like I look at Sophie and I'm like, "Wait, what the fuck?" And yeah, there was like 20 minutes of trailers. So what and happened dude, there is dude. like mo so the theater chain near me because there is no IMAX seventy millimeter trailers. So what what a lot of theaters did do though is they had two projectors and they'd show trailers and they switched out the projector for what showed the actual movie because I did see that like it's like my theater chain locally just had the one projector so they said there's no trailers but I'd seen a lot of other theaters like say that they did because they had they just like switched the projector out like just kind of shifted it over had the trailers uh, and moved it over yeah there was a in, there was a lot the of issues here with the seventy mil there was a lot of like. Uh, I saw a lot of tweets. I think someone said it in our Discord, actually, our patient Discord, like uh, one of the projectors, like the film crashed, it didn't work, and the, the 70 millimeter crashed halfway through, and they had to go home, and they got refunded. It happened to like more at, than one place. A few at, places. After the trailers, um, the screen went black. Like before the movie started, the screen went black, and it was for like a good like 45 seconds. And I'm like, wow, can you imagine? Like, just imagine. 11.30 p.m., everyone's here to watch Oppenheimer and the fucking film like crashes or something also in like the least promotional way possible seeing that dune trailer on an imax screen was levitating bro. I, what, I have a question i had <laughs> trailers and one of them they chose to put on imax was the strays whatever that shit is that really crazy they also put poor things on which i think looks really good and oh I, I didn't get any of those no trailer talk Fair, fair, fair. I didn't have any of those. Though. Yeah, I agree. Dune, Dune party looks amazing. That looked cracked. Um, <laughs> I want to mention, and I forgot I forgot to say this. I told my friend right after the movie, so I don't have any physical proof, but I need it to be known. As soon as they said, um, as soon as they said, like, the bomb could destroy the world, um, like, it could blow up the entire world, I was like, they are 100% going to say that he act, he still did blow up the whole world just from creating this bomb, and I fucking called that ending. I need that to be known. That I don't was... have any I don't have any physical proof, but in my head, I was like, 100%. So that was such a good, like, when he's like, remember when I talked to you about how we could set off a chain reaction that could destroy the world? And then it like, yeah, cool. it cuts the silence. You see Albert walking away and then close up of Killian, of uh, Killian's face. And he's just like, I think we did. I, I was like, fucking called it. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Like, so uh, there's a lot of interesting criticisms that are like just like reviews I've read, like from like actual, you know, professional critic outlets. So this is an original thought, but how a lot of this movie felt like it was inspired the way Christopher Nolan filmed a lot of it with him, how he kind of generated the blockbuster comic book movie genre, which is why you saw the reveals where people like, it felt like a superhero the way he was suiting up or, you know, they, they pan and don't say someone's name. And then it turns around it's like, Oh, it's them. Like, I think a lot of that was very intentional and it's his commentary on his Oppenheimer's. Like he 
Because Dunkirk is a deconstruction of the modern war blockbusters, not a war epic. Tenet is a deconstruction of the modern action blockbuster. So he's kind of just continuing this trend with Oppenheimer. There's a lot of undertones of him and his like guilt for what he feels starting like the modern comic book movie blockbuster. That's why he's always been very vocal. Like, no way am I going back to do any of that. Like, do not call me not doing any of these anymore. Um, so I think Question. a lot of those are very interesting readings. Question for you guys. Obviously, when I posted my letterbox review of Oppenheimer, I got a lot of question, uh, a lot of people commenting, when are you updating your Nolan rankings? I also got a few questions. When are you updating your war film rankings? Would you include this in a war no. film ranking? No, I don't think so. No. no, right? No. Okay. I thought I was like, but the, I think the only I would obviously include it in a Nolan ranking and then biopic. I don't know if I would put this in. Like I, I, I wouldn't put in war. Like no. I don't put the imitation game in my war film ranking. No, I would. Yeah, either. actually, do I? That's interesting. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I don't think I would. I don't think yeah, I would. like it obviously takes place during war time. But it's like, a, war's a really weird one. Cause it's like a Pan's Labyrinth almost. Yeah, know. yeah. Mm. Like I don't include Pan's Labyrinth in my war film. But ranking. it's Banshees of Inisherin. You know, like yeah, Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah, like Pan's Labyrinth's like a, it's a fantasy epic. Banshees of Inisherin is a dramedy or something like but kind of good read to kind of build onto that like a lot of there's not a lot there's been some criticism saying that this movie didn't show enough of the impact on japan or the trinity test site how they had to take all that land away from native americans and again like i just like a tweeted last night i think it's a very invalid criticism i mean everything's subjective but, but this movie's subjective so he wasn't thinking about that stuff. Like he's like, Oh, I had a moral issue, but he never really fought that hard to not have the bomb go off. So he just wasn't thinking about those people. Furthermore, we don't need Christopher Nolan to tell us a Japanese people perspective, the native American perspective. He's not the guy to do that. There's, and Marta McFly did a lot of like great recommendations. Shout out her of Japan films about the impacts of this on their society. And those are the people we want to hear talk about. We don't want some white dude, Christopher Nolan trying to tell us about how it impacted their culture. I said this after the film. I think it's very, very hard to do a film like this with a tough subject matter and also political themes as well. And in my opinion, Nolan did a really good job of coming at it in an unbiased way. I think especially when political parties are involved, which are far left, um, with within a US audience and a Western audience, a lot of a lot of American films do tend to demonize other parties and demonize culture and demonize things around that time. And I think Nolan, one of the best things about his film, which I didn't mention earlier, is is I think he came across as very unbiased and we don't see that a lot let's be honest there are a lot of political motivations for a lot of films a lot of um anti uh opposition to to the u.s for example in a lot mm -hmm. of american projects and i think he did i think he did really really well with that so yeah i definitely agree i mean and just like furthermore on the politics side like communism is like an easy punching bag for any movie but i honestly felt like he really just laid it out like he didn't really take a stance. Like, I'm not going to say Christopher Nolan's a communist in any way, but like Seth was saying, I feel like he really t tackled all these tough political issues without really overflowing his voice on what he thinks is right and wrong, it's, which is why I think that's just totally tackled it so well. Like the themes, like, and, and it worked for Barbie to have super over the top themes. It worked for Barbie for that movie. Oppenheimer, on the other hand, I felt like had such an impact while not being so in your face, which is why that ending scene where it like all comes together, you're like, shit that like just blew me away if if it have pushed it and i'd have seen it as more as, as a focus towards a bias towards the right potentially opposing communism not that you know i agree or don't agree whatever whatever my political opinions are i just hate political bias in films when that is a part of history and i think nolan did a really good job of coming at that and just laying out the story and not giving his views or or a studio's views which i think is 
more than matter. Um, and I think, yeah, I think you did a really good job with that. Also, one question for you as well. Not a question. You know, last week, I know Cam, you weren't here, but I'll ask you as well. We obviously did the Nolan ranking and we all guessed where we think we would place it in Nolan's rankings, if you remember. I said, so I said fourth and I think right now it'll be third or fourth or second. I'm not sure, but it'll be around there. I can't remember I, what you guys said. I think I said fourth as well, and that's where it sits for me right now. Interesting. I think I said Tyler. two, maybe one. Like I predicted that it could say be one, but it's at two right now. But I'm going to rewatch, and I think it might go up. Wow. I, I'm a big, hit, Cam, I'm a big history fan. Tom, do you want to pretend that you made a prediction? Yeah, just... I didn't. I didn't make a prediction, but it's sitting at my um, third or fourth right now. I have it at the same exact score as Memento. And I, I didn't realize really you meant Memento that high. I loved Memento. I just haven't seen it in a while, so I don't know if I want to like put that higher or lower. So maybe I'll rewatch it and we'll see. Um, but I do think you know that's kind of wraps up Oppenheimer. Great review. Um, again, actors and writers, most important part of this movie. Please support in any way you can. Um, that is the most important topic that we can bring up on this on this podcast is supporting them in any way possible. Um, Moving on, so no news or anything we mentioned. Um, can you? Sorry, lastly, can you guys start calling me the destroyer of worlds? No, no, please. No, I'll just call once. you midman Michael, <laughs> the destroyer of curves. Uh, you can post gym pics. <laughs> are we doing? What are we watching? Is that like talking about? I don't know what the. I, that's not like reviewing. No, we can kill it real quick. Yeah. They, all right that's fine um so this week i watched oppenheimer i watched uh uh barbie and i watched i watched a couple things uh i watched batman um doom george which i actually really liked up until the ending i wish i prefer i wish i liked it a little bit more um Why i watched Pat, or batman hush sorry batman hush um sorry about that one, uh, one of one of the weaker at DC. Yeah, yeah so I really liked it actually up until the ending. Yeah, um, I wish I liked it a little bit more. And then I watched Past Lives as well, um, which is probably in my top ten of the year. Um, but Read off your review for that. It made me laugh so hard. Your letterbox review. Oh. So I've never been. I've never been so emotional watching a dude get cucked. Uh, <laughs> really that's, um, that's kind of what i've been watching I'm sure, there, I'm sure there's a lot more oh oh uh spotlight which is our um uh patreon review yeah. of the week. i watched that as well haven't rated it yet but it'll be around somewhere but not your first watch of that obviously we got into that yeah it's my oh. first watch is it not yours no it is mine i just thought oh, okay yeah no it was technically george's the only one that had it rated uh tyler said he's seen it before. i haven't seen it in I think yeah. I saw it once or twice upon release, and I haven't seen it since. Um, yeah. So I'm 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 happy because I, I've been meaning to rewatch it. Yeah. Y'all go um, and what you've been watching. Uh, big big rewatch week for me. Just uh, I know we didn't get into like how are we doing, but overly stressful week for me for for multiple reasons. So whenever that happens, I just gravitate towards movies I love that just want to make me smile. So. Watch. The Dark Knight, Batman, and La La Land. By any chance, I I watched The Dark Knight, Batman, La La Land, Transformers. Great. I actually, I I mean, a rewatch, but not like one of my like favorites on rewatch. Um, I rewatched Nope for the first time since its release, and I really fucking like that movie a lot. Um, what else? Barbie, obviously. Speed Racer, I watched. I was in the worst mindset to watch Speed Racer. So when we I'm get to our, I'm I, I'm like, I'm a little annoyed at it because like, I feel like I would enjoy this if I wasn't like just absolutely pissed off at everything at the time of watching this movie. So 
when we get to our Patreon review of Speed oh, Racer. Oh, did you watch this just as you were banned kind of thing? It was, yeah, it was like yeah. during my ban, but like also like yeah. work, personal stuff. Like I, I was not in the right. And if you've seen Speed Racer, you obviously know like the style, the aesthetic of the movie. Obviously. Not where I needed to be to watch that movie. Um, Guardians Galaxy Volume Three. I raised that shit to a five stars. I don't. I don't fucking care. I. It it hit. It hits all the beats each time I've watched it. So until that stops, I'm gonna keep it at a five stars. Um, I watched the Meg. Same thing with Speed Racer. I was just in no mood for like a corny movie where you just have to have fun with it. Like, it it just didn't work for me. So, um, and then obviously the Dark Knight and Oppenheimer. And we watched The Ring on our uh, on our Patreon uh, watch along. So shout out. Yeah, shout out everyone that joined that. Really good turnout. Um, we'll we'll try pick a better movie next time because <laughs> uh, that yeah. was that, that was a super okay film. <laughs> Interesting, but yeah, that that's about my my weekly wrap up. Seth, how about you, Tyler? Okay, I'll go. Uh, yeah, the ring. So I basically like my internet crashed on our like watch through when we were halfway in, but I did finish the ring after because I wanted to see. I was down on it. I actually had a three point five. That's dropped to like a three. I think it's okay. I think it's fine. I watched uh, My Uncle the Alien, which was uh... Seth. Have you seen the OG The Ring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. I saw it years okay. ago. Not, yeah, yeah really, Fan. really. Good. That's a good one. Yeah, that's definitely much better than the um, American version. Uh, I watched Midsummer. I know you guys aren't gonna be happy, but every time I watch it, it just goes down for me. I like it less. But like Diana you replied on Twitter to, yeah. I can't remember maybe Chris from Movies at Therapy. You haven't seen the extended right. cut yet, which no, I do think right. yeah. I do think you should watch. I know you're getting lower on every time. I think you should at least check out the extended cut. Yeah, I agree. The only reason I didn't at that time is because it was Anna's first watch, and I kind of wanted to. I didn't really think about it because she wanted to watch it, and I just put it on. But I do agree. I think I've heard the director's cut has been. Everyone says much better, so I will. I will give that a chance next time because it's a film. But there's a lot to pick out. You can watch it multiple times. I watched uh, a couple of Australian New Wave films, um, which were really, really great. I watched Brief Encounter. I watched um, a film I gave a five-star on first watch this week, which is called The Ascent. It's a Russian war movie from the 70s, which was so depressing, amazing. And then I watched uh, Spotlight and Bobby and Oppenheimer. Um, obviously, Spotlight, which we'll go into in the review. But yeah, Tyler, that's it. Nice. Yeah, I uh, rewatched Lady Bird, rewatched Mud, uh, both those movies I really like. Um, I, I watched Vivarium, really didn't like that. Uh, just didn't Ivan's, I know. Is that the one with like the house? As yeah. The yeah. Most, I, haven't seen it. I really did Very, very interesting film. Yeah. Um, watch... Well, you could say, George, very interesting. Oh, film. stop <laughs> it, you. Uh, I, I rewatched Willie and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And going into Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I saw Cam rated at 1.5. And I was like, I hadn't seen this since I was a kid. This is one of the few movies I had on DVD and I loved it. So I was like, 1.5. Like, I know I probably didn't age well, but that's so low. Of course, I watched it and give it a 1.5. I didn't realize like how I just really did not like that movie. I wish I kept that in the memory vault of being a kid because I just did not <laughs> dig it. Um, rewatched 300 yesterday while I was working out, and that was just that was just Zack Snyder. That's just a great great movie to watch along with while you're working out for sure. Um, watched Greta Gerwig's debut, Nights and Weekends, which she co-directed with uh, what's named Joe something Joe Joe. Any good? Um, it's really intimate Earth's and emotional. Monster. Joe Swanberg. It's uh it's interesting. Like it's it's very intimate, I'll say. Like you get some you know, you get sex scenes that like basically it starts off with like her coming home and just like making out with him and getting on the floor and you just see full cock and balls. Like a lot of his cock and balls, the whole movie. And yeah, I'm but like, are they fifteen minute sex scenes though? Because that's what we're No, they're probably nowadays. thirty minute. 
So like it's, uh, what it's, what movie? Greta Gerwig's debut is like almost like a borderline, uh, not actually, but it. like a lot of intimate sex scenes where it's just like full male nudity. Um, so that was interesting. Wasn't expecting to see that. Um, Speed Racer, of course. Um, and then the only other one, Funny People, which I really like for the most part. I feel like it's almost like I a like it's almost like an opus for stand up comedians because like every single one of them is like in it and like whether they're a big part or just like in the background of scenes. But it just went on so long. Like it's a, there was like a two and a half hour movie and like the final act, like with like yeah, the agree. unfaithful marriage, I was like, this is just really dragging on. But uh, yeah, and I rewatched Eurovision again because I freaking love that movie. And rewatched Hoot because Hoot was like one of the first movies I remember. It was definitely the first book I remember reading obsessively as a kid. Um, and Brie Larson's in it. She's like 15. And then Logan Lerman, who's obviously like been in a ton of stuff. He's like 13 in this movie. The, the blonde guy who played Jake from the Hannah Montana movies. He's like 13 in this. So it's like a bunch of actors I know but like super young Jason Schwartzman is like the cop. So kind of just a fun, silly little goofy movie. Yeah, looks... Oh yeah. Also holes. Yeah. Great ass movie. Holes is really good. I, I, mm-hmm. I genuinely believe holes is really good. I really like holes a lot. I haven't watched holes since I was a child, but I love yeah, that thing. That's great. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, also this week, they cloned Tyrone came out on a, uh, good review. Struck streaming service. Um, but I've heard it's really good. So I'll be checking that out. I just have, yeah, I've heard it's good um before this before this episode releases um so yeah maybe maybe check that out if you want uh moving on so this week we'll be playing a game um wanted probably the easiest game possible for myself um so we're doing some sort of uh uh seth-esque game but this time it will be you guys have three strikes Uh, you're trying yeah you're trying to guess I told you, I told, I tried telling you guys not to just study my letterbox. No, I didn't. I should have done it. Yeah, no, I don't think you should. It's a gentleman's game. So you have three strikes. You are trying to guess my 0.5 stars. Oh, not going to lie. I, not going to lie. Last night spent 15 minutes studying your five star movies. That was a great freaking twist, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I thought you might. Um, so I have so given. Oh school. my god! So, no, it's a it's around what you You're were at. Point right five. <laughs> I think we're gonna go out quick in this. I, think gonna... uh, I, Actually, so I, I know three of them. That's all I know. I Bro, how given... how many do you ha- you have to have? Like two hundred at a point five like at, at this I point. Given, I have given ninety eight movies a half star. Jeez. I've given like thirty. I thought That's George right. was really exaggerating the two hundred number. I did not expect ninety eight to be the number out of Cam's mouth. That's okay. absurd. Uh, so I've always, I've always said I'm trying to get to I'm trying to get to hundred. I just haven't watched one in a while. But I yeah, feel like I know a few recent point five. Like, like, I'm at after like half stars uh, after like the recent <laughs> releases. I'm gonna get out so fast. I think um I think there's a there's a good amount of franchise movies that you guys let's, can pull out. Let's go. Um, we will start. We'll go. Um, since Seth gave us the game last time, he'll get first pick. Um, and then we'll go Tyler George. Uh, I'm gonna pick. This is gonna be ridiculous, man. I'm gonna get like an obvious one out of the way. This, this, real quick, by the way, the hardest video to edit. Just the biggest bitch of an edit. But I. So why would you edit. pick it again? Oh, I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. I have so. a few like I have a few ones that I. Th- feel like tyler and george might forget or just not know so i'll go with like an obvious one i i think you have this half star after earth after earth is definitely a half star yes okay. Okay. from m night Shyamalan. Yeah. after okay. Damn. Earth. thank you for that pick seth because that was that brought more into my mind so avatar the last airbender yeah avatar the yeah, last airbender is my, yeah. is my lowest rated yeah. of 
movie of all time. Zero. Gotta go 365 days. 365 days <laughs> is at um is a half star, yes. Yeah, now I'm struggling. Um man, I'll go uh it's ridiculous. Oh, okay, I'll go uh Pirates of the Caribbean uh on Stranger Tides. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a half a star yeah. for you? No, this um, yeah. wow, what it's, that's the most recent, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a half star. That's ass. Holy uh, shit. I'm gonna go with yeah. Marmaduke, not the live action, the animated one from last year. How did I forget the Mar the uh animated one? Yes, yeah. is a half star. Uh I'll go with Fan Four Stick. Fan Four Stick is a half star. Yeah. Four out of a hundred. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this. So Jesus. this might be I don't know if you've seen it. I'm gonna yep. say the happening. I don't think I've seen that. But... What? I thought uh, that was. Thank you, Seth. I was for sure gonna guess that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I I watched it recently. Yes. Yeah, you did. you did. Yes, I watched yeah, that um, when Knock at the Cabin came out. Yes, <laughs> yes. You're, you're right. You're right. Uh, Catwoman. Uh, Catwoman is a half oh. star. Yes. I'll go cats. Cats is a half star. Okay. Yes. Uh, thank you, Tyler, for that one. Oh, shit, <laughs> I'll go. Just think of shit movies. You can like. There are a lot of. I mean, there are a lot of dog shit movies. Oh, okay. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales. No way. Is that that's the second, right? No, that's Dead Men. That's the UK name. Sorry, there's a UK name and US name, but it's the fourth one. What I'm on about. Yes. So it's the fourth one. Yes. So that is a half star. What What is it called in the US? Uh, on so there's on Stranger Tides. You Which guessed you that, there. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, it's Dead Man. Dead man tell uh, tell no tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. You're yeah. right. Sorry, I sometimes I get confused. I don't like half, at any of the pirates after the first, so it's hard. sometimes I get. You confused have a second. I bet like a seventy. So, so you do three and a half. I like <laughs> it. I haven't watched it in a really long time. To be fair, this might be my first X. I just remember talking about this on a Real Talk podcast like six months ago. But did you rate a half star? I'm in love with the church girl. Yes, I'm in yes. love with the cheers girl with most most definitely. One of my yeah, favorite real talk moments of all time was your being in that movie. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a good pick. That's a good um pick. I Skinnamarink gotta be a half Skinnamarink's star. a half star. Yeah. Okay. I've almost uh, raised that up because like at least it's a unique movie, at the yeah. very least. But no, I don't know. Valid. For now it's a half star. Um I feel that like you have to have one of these, and I'm gonna go uh Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill is a half star, yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. I, ooh, I, I also ooh, have a half star. That, that picked up my next guess. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, do, do you have the first 50 Shades of Grey at a half star? Um, no, I don't believe so, but I'll confirm. I think I have it at like a one and a half. No way. Bonk. No, no. The, the, first, the first 50 <laughs> Shades of Grey is not that bad. It's the last couple. It's a one and a half star. I mean, I mean, it's bad. It's not one X bad. for me. my wife. Is it's one X for Tyler. Um, I'm pretty sure you said this on a real talk podcast, like two or three weeks ago, that this is your lowest rated comedy ever. Holmes and Watson. Holmes and Watson. That's a good pick. Yeah. Terrible, terrible film. For a terrible. Terrible. Horrendous my, wa- film. my wife is currently guessing in the other room and just, that, <laughs> just texted me malignant. <laughs> like, Stop. Tell her she's absolutely. That's a four and a half out of five stars. <laughs> that would be a half star for her. Uh, it's a two out of five for me. Th- this is where I get fucked now. I now think, I there are a lot of. I'm just gonna like help you guys out. A lot of comic book movies you haven't gone. There's a couple like sequels we haven't gone with. You, get, you guys have a chance. Movies. Okay, a lot. I've seen I'm, trying think, I'm trying to think of my half star. I feel like oh, we overlap okay. a lot. Uh, surely, uh, Batman and Robin. 
Batman and Robin is most definitely a half star. Yeah, cool. I don't, fuck. I'm hoping you gave tipped your hand on your when I got the last one, but Fifty Shades Freed. I'm not going to count it because I've seen it and it definitely would be, but I haven't rated okay, it. Okay, I can throw out a different guess. Yeah, I'll give you another Since guess. Since these are the only two I have locked in, but I was hoping to save them for later. I'll go the next 365 days. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yep. And George? I'll go 365 days, number three. Yeah, this day. <laughs> no, yes, you should have to say I'll, the whole title. <laughs> no, I'm I won't give you the it. whole title. Uh, surely you have this uh, uh, half star. I'll go... Uh, wait, no, I don't think he does. Uh... Tall girl. Tall girl is most definitely a half star. I believe. Okay, yeah, cool. uh, well, let me let me confirm. I meant it's right two. there. I meant two. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. Uh, it's a half star. Tall girl is a half star. Uh, Honestly, this better be. I don't even know. This better be half star because I don't want my not. second strike. Green Lantern. Green Lantern's a half star. Gotta be. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll keep it in the superhero realm. Electra? No, it was our next guest. Electra's an 11 oh. out of 100. I'm yeah, trying okay. to think of like the shittiest. Okay. Superhero film. I haven't seen this. I don't really know what it is, but is it called Spawn? Spawn is the worst superhero movie of all time, in my opinion. I don't know. I remember your video, fun. your worst movies video. I, I, yeah, I, I am. I pride myself. I, and this might not be true. I've seen every live action comic book movie, and there are some stinkers in there. Well, yeah, I, yeah, okay. yep. <sighs> Is Batman Forever one of them? Batman Forever, I might have a one, but let me check real quick. We're doing uh, well here, you know. We're doing better. I mean, I thought, that's probably my second strike, so I'm not doing that. Wait, have you got a first strike? What was your first strike? Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, yeah. Uh, Am I spelling forever wrong? I <laughs> hope not. I really That's hope the name not. of the first Val Kilmer one, right? Batman Forever? The first Val Kilmer uh, Yeah, but I yeah, have yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. one. I have it at one. Sorry, Tyler. That is, a, that is strike number two. Oh, that's close. Uh, I don't memorize my half stars as much as like if we did five star, I would just <laughs> be able to rattle them off, but... Now, ne- so, next time I host, y'all going to be guessing my three and a half. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I feel like half star and five star, like you can kind of guess, but I almost gave you like my two and a half. T- Tyler next week's going to make us guess his 91 out of 100. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if you're a half a star low on this, but Morbius. Morbius is a half star for sure. Okay. Morbius um, is bad. Love no, that. no. It's a one. Stop it. Just lower oh. it. Lower it. Just lower it. It's just a, lower. Get out of here. That's it's so like fun. a it's like a 60. It's right there. I'm so sorry. Oh. It's right there. I'm sorry. Um, what what is your what are your sorry half stars like on a scale of 100? Like what's, what's zero, the to 15. 15. zero to 15? Zero to 15 is half. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, so sorry to tease you like that. That was that was ridiculous. I think there are a lot that like I maybe you just like you would never think of, but I mean there's but like you also watch movies. like movies we've never even heard of. Yeah, that you watch like, stuff. I don't know, y'all. You've heard of most like you be watching some shit, bro. Yeah. I don't know why why this is coming to my head, and this is definitely not a half star. It's probably my first strike. Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Squeakle. The Squeakle might not. Not be. the first one. No, the Squeakle might. Shit. Uh, I What's don't even know how to spell Squeakle. Yeah, the Squeakle is uh the second. And the I'm just sorry. I'm trying to find it. I'm I don't even know if I've seen that movie. I don't even know if I knew there was a sequel to the first. No, one. it's the squeak. That's a half star. One. Good work, Sam. Yes. That's a half star. <laughs> Love it. There's also another. Is there? 
That's if you can give me the name, I'll let you have it. But there's another Alvin and the Chipmunks. There's three Alvin and the Chipmunks movies. Yeah, you can't say Alvin and Chipmunks three. You have to say the name of it. You have to say the name. I didn't even know because there I, was because three. I gave you because I gave you a hint that there's another one. You have to say the name. Uh, no. Is it me now? Yep. I think is your lowest movie this year. Ghosted. Ghosted is a half star. Oh, that's great. Ghosted is a half star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah um, I thought you'd get that one. It's from this year. I I know you hate this movie, but I don't know if you hate it as much as a half a star. But you don't mess with the Zohan. I think I have a half star. I'm that's pretty sure. Thing. Do you really hate it that much? I yeah, hate yeah, that movie too. He hates it. I know he I does. Interesting. Uh, okay. You don't mess with the Zohan is don't don't tease me again. A half star. Good work. Okay. Good work. I would have been furious if you teased me again. Yep. I feel like this. Right, I've got one in my head, but I don't think this is a half star, so I'm just going to say it. I actually know there's two of these films, and I don't know which one's which. I'm going to say uh, Fan Forstick? We already guessed that, but yes, it is a half star. Did we already guess that? Wow, yeah, that was, Tyler, uh, I think, did. That was like my first guess. Oh, um, okay. That's crazy. I didn't even listen to that. Uh, shit. Um, shit. Uh, shit. Shit. Uh, 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 I feel um, like you're... Um... We've all got. I feel like we're missing a lot of uh, 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 Adam Sandler movies, folks. A lot, crazy. Sandler. Movies. All right, cool. Um, what? Maybe not him necessarily, but Happy. Oh, oh no! I know sure. you hate this. I know you hate this. Uh, that's my boy. Uh, that's my boy. Yes, is a half star. Okay, cool, cool, cool. What the fuck is that's my boy? The one it's with, with uh, Andy Samberg. Yeah. Yeah. Are you not seen that? No idea. Wow, you didn't live when you were younger. I don't know bro. if I'd have that at a half time. Sorry. So I don't yes, know if you not. I don't know if you have both of these at a point five. So maybe I'm giving out giving someone else a, a freebie if I get this one right. But I know I'm most confident the second one would be. So Ghost Rider two. What is Spirit of Vengeance? Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. It's right there, but let me let me confirm. Oh, I actually see it. I see it. Yeah, it's a half star. It's a half star. Yeah, I I'm just gonna start rattling off my half a stars and hope we line up. So I'll go with he's all that. He's all that's a half star. Yes. Okay. Four out of a hundred four points for Addison Ray not being that bad. Should have been a negative four for he's Addison Ray. Nope. What else do I have at a half? Uh, star? I'm, I'm not really. I'm I'm talking like Seth. Seth, there's something you first followed me for. Uh, uh, the kissing booth. The kissing booth is that. <laughs> yes. Good job. Right, we can go around the room. Now. Okay. Uh, the kissing booth two. The kissing booth two is apps. Are they actually called the kissing booth one? Yes, two, they are all one oh, two. Oh shit. Okay. I don't know if there's a kissing booth three, so I'm not gonna guess. There is. I'm sure there is. Oh. I'm not. I'm not risking it. I'm not risking it. Uh, another half star for me is Exodus: Gods and Kings. That's a half star for me. Okay. Movie. Oh, okay. I don't no, see that on Max, but I never or on Struck streaming oh, service. Never uh, no, I don't know who directed it, but it's most definitely uh, it's the one with uh, uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Christopher. Yeah. Bale, I almost called him. Um, um, is it me? Yep. Yeah. I'm really right. struggling now. Set. Uh, I'm like for, I'm I'm forgetting my half a star. Right I I can't even think of my half stars. This is. Cam, have you watched? Wait, how many strikes have you got, George? Uh, it's one. It's one. Like, well, I was gonna say zero, but then I remember I got blue balled with uh, Morbius. Oh yeah. Hey, right, Cam, I'll I'll just go along. Set up my strike. Uh, epic movie. Haven't seen it, so I'm not gonna count Shit. it. 
What the fuck is epic? No, that's movie? A, that, that should be strike then if you haven't seen it. What? Gotta, I don't know if that should. I gave you earlier. I gave. I. I guess I have seen. Um, no. It, it okay, he can I, guess I, another I one then. That's what you did to me earlier. You let him guess another one. That's okay. what I was gonna say. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, the ridiculous six. Yep, that's half star. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, it's I thought South would have taken it, but the kissing booth three then. That's a half star. Is there really a third one? No, George George said he didn't know. Said, if I, I didn't know if there oh, was a third oh, one. Yeah, that's a half that. star. No, I didn't even know there was a fucking third one. I didn't even know there was a second one. Yeah, man. Sorry, um, man. Another half star for me is the Emoji Movie. Yep, that's a half star. That's okay, that's, that's, I, like a, that's a half star for everyone. Yeah, it uh-huh. should be. Uh. Now, now, we, now is where I get I think there's two of these films. I don't think anyone said the other one. Tall Girl 2? Tall Girl 2 was a half star. Didn't yes, even know there was one of those movies. I have two I, left in my mind that I'm completely lost. So the Adam Sandler bits just stuck in my head. So I'd assume Grown Ups 2 has got to be in there. Grown Ups 2 is a half star. Oh, I mean, is I, it really? <laughs> grown Ups is fine. I like Grown Ups. I, I will say Grown Ups 2 is a lot worse. You are a tough critic, I hate my friend. <laughs> um, wait, wait, wait. Do we have another tease? It should be a half star if it's not, but it could be like a six. Well, I'm, I'm not having you change it. <laughs> uh, you can take it. You got to find it if it's on here. It's it's just hard. These fucking it's so small. Maybe I can control plus and see a little bit. Yeah, there. It's fine. He's taking the he's taking the wind. If I if I didn't have it, so just move on. Wait, I don't understand we... why you just search Grown Ups 2 and see what you I can. It just takes a little. All right. <laughs> what? I already <laughs> told him he's counting. I'm counting it. If, uh... <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Are you in your Excel sheet right now? No, I'm in my Grown Ups 2. I have it a one star, but I already told him it was. Uh, I don't know. No, I'm what? sorry, right? No. I mean, I mean, I feel like he he's about to lose. Let's just let's throw the man a bone. Come on, and keep the game going. Have a little. You know, fun. if he wins now, I'm not gonna be fucking up. All right, he can't win, but throw the man. Uh, Let him keep playing. Um, I'm trying to think of like new releases. I know you hated that uh that horror movie from last year, They Them. No, I didn't mind They Them. I think I think. Well, no, I I have it. That's a miss. I have it at like a. 25 or 30. oh my god so it's like a one and a half or one star that's whack i don't know if you've seen any of the sequels they slash them by the way sorry yeah i get it <laughs> um i don't know if you've seen any of the sequels or at least not the later ones i'm sure yes because i've got no, nothing else hmm. oh no 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 i'm, I'm not okay say i'm, I'm okay. gonna say Wait, no. Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift, I believe, is a one star. I know Tyler has a half star. I didn't know if you. Yeah, I think Tyler. I don't think it's that. Wait, because it's a one star, can I still have the point? No, we're 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 being nice to Tyler because he was already at two. You're at two now. (laughs) And and I thought and I and I thought it was a half star. It's probably like a sixteen out of hundred. Uh, oh. yeah, that's a that's a wait. One no, I'm on one strike, aren't I? Right on that board. Is that your first? I think, I think that's your first. I think yeah, so. You're right, I'm you're right, you're right. I only right, have Tyler. one left, anyways. So this alive. can be my swan song. I know home team, and then I'm out. Home home team's a half star. Good, good, good wow, pull. good pull. That's my. Pull. I think that's my. So I think that's my first review of a new movie on TikTok. I don't know what that is. And someone that's, and the only that's what I know, you opened with. And the only reason I know that is because 
someone commented on it the other day for some reason was like i love this movie i'm like sorry uh, sorry about that um I, I mean we gotta mention dragon ball evolution but i don't even know dragon if ball seen evolution. It. yep nope that's asked okay i mean that's got to be the worst second worst movie of all time it's pretty damn it's pretty damn low um now is where i'm fucked i'm thinking of like the rock i'm gonna say uh wait no that's not the rock oh yeah tooth fairy do you have that i have that at half star i don't know if you do i think i do i don't think i have um the rated. fuck is tooth fairy he's like the, it's when the he got rock. started yeah it's when he's getting started <laughs> Uh, I have seen it. I have it a one star. Ah, uh, sorry. That's just go brutal. to George. I'll be out now since I technically should have gotten out with uh, the past. Just do it anyway. Just take anyway. a guess. Throw out like a uh, The Godfather or something. Take a guess. <laughs> um, let's see. I feel like I don't know. Literally, this is this. I know for a fact this isn't a point five star, but just keep the show going. I'm just going X Men Origins Wolverine. No, it's low. Yeah. It's a one and a half. Yeah. Wow. Like 28, 28 out of 100. That's I really fair. like that movie for the most part. Um, uh, George. Oh, yeah, this is probably where I get out. Uh, uh, Jordan Peele. I'm just trying to think of like shit movies from the last few years that Cam may have given a half a star. What What was that Um, Wahlberg, Kevin Hart movie? Oh, Me Time. Me Time. Is that the one you recorded the toilet with, George? The what? Yeah, the, yeah that was, was my toilet review. Me time was a one out of five. Uh, God Sorry. damn it! Can That's I just okay. go and throw him out? Yeah, sure. I got two yeah. strikes left. Yeah, uh, no, you have one strike left. You just got. I'm out. So you have. So this is for the win, but you already technically won because we went around the circle. So you can just go till you're out if you want. Um, I, I think I'm out anyway. I'll, I I actually don't know. I I quite like this film. I know Tyler hated it. I think George didn't like it. I don't know if you have a hostile. Um, Angley's Hulk. Angley's Hulk's not a half star. It's like a it's like a two out of five, five and for like forty ish. Finally, uh, do you have any of the Twilights at a half a star? I don't think I have the any. Open of House. Them. Do you have the Open House at half star? Never seen it. Oh. I don't think I have any of the Twilights other than the first rated. Okay. Um, do you want to say the things? So you yeah, know? yeah. So the things you missed. Uh, just getting started from twenty seventeen. Um, Mar- Morgan Freeman and Tommy Lee Jones. Um, Home Alone Three, The Holiday Heist. Oh, okay. uh, Home Alone Four, The Monsters. Uh, oh, so, that's a bad. Not last year. Was yeah, that last year? Last God year. damn it! Daddy Day Camp was missed. Thunder Force, starring Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer. Uh, oh. Bobbleheads, the movie in 2020. The Spy Kids, oh, Spy come, Kids Four. I, yeah, I was guessing one. Did you have yeah. read the movie on the? read the movie i haven't watched in a long enough like i saw that as a kid on nickelodeon um music directed by sia one of the worst oh yeah yeah yeah. holmes and oh no holmes and watson you said zookeeper starring the old cat i have uh, a one star i was gonna that's that's a kevin james James, isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. uh dumb and dumber two so there's actually four alvin and the chipmunks so alvin and the chipmunks Chipwrecked is a half star, Jesus as well Christ. as Adam and the Chip or Alvin and the Chipmunks. The Road Chip is a and half the Squeakle, um, the Squeakle as well. What was the first um, one? The half star as well? Or is that just like- no, the first one's like I don't know. It's Alvin and the Chipmunks is probably like a thirty out of hundred. Uh, the Wrong Missy, Norm of the North, one of the worst animated movies. Uh, <laughs> oh, Alien versus Predator, Requiem, Apex, which is one of those movies with Bruce Willis where he's just he's trying to get money, which is fine. Um, Twenty twelve. Fantasy Island, uh, Red oh, Dawn, the Red Dawn remake from 2012, ass. 
Uh, Tyler, you would have been right both ways. Marmaduke live action, also a half star. Oh, really? Uh, Zool- oh, yeah, yeah, Zoolander number two, Pink Panther two, Countdown, Artemis Val. Ah, oh, Bailey, I'm sorry. Um, Max Steel, Pixels, I think you said actually. No, I don't think you said Pixels. said Emoji Movie. Uh, yeah, said the Emoji Movie. Um, the Master of Disguise, The Big Green, Supergirl. Bro, what um, are half of these movies? Yeah, I'm not, You've I, seen I, The Master of Disguise. You the, know what the Master These is. are not movies. You're just naming random words. That's fine. The Big Green I watched because I was going to make a video on the big the big cinematic universe. Um, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, Serenity, oh. starring Anne Hathaway and uh, Matthew McConaughey, where a dude invents something to fuck his mom. Um, what? Yeah, it's weird. Weird movie. Jonah Hex, another comic book movie. Oh, I should have known that one. Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties. Battleship. I have Hawks. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wait, what did you say? Battleship LA? What is it? Battleship 2012. Oh, okay. From 2012. Um, okay. Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Long Haul. The Diary of a Kid, Wimpy uh, Um Rock Dog. Uh, Tammy. Spy ne- the Spy Next Door, starring Jackie Chan. Oh, uh, no, I used to love that film as a kid. Howard the Duck. Um, you guys missed one that I think you should have gotten. Transformers: The Last Night, oh, uh, Rocket bad. and Clank, Get Hard, starring Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart, uh, Planet Fifty One, um, oh. Steel, starring The Shack. Another that's one of my lower rated comic book movies. Uh, the Watch, The Wild, Knock Knock, Super Intelligence, uh, Home Alone Three, Texas Chainsaw Massacre from twenty twenty two, Ice Age oh. Collision Course, Aloha. Tom and Jerry from 2021, The Do-Over, Wild Hogs, Superman 3, uh, 1517 to Paris, Locked Down, a COVID movie, really bad, Sherlock Gnomes, Blade Trinity, Daddy's Home 2, Vacation, oh, I'm sorry, Bailey, uh, Infinite, and The Re- the Requin, and that's all you missed. Uh, it's a lot. I like to think um, all the I'm kid, sorry, Bailey's during that was because you were saying a movie that Bailey loves and he just yeah, screamed at you. He's just, he's just <laughs> not too happy right now. Um, so I'll let I'll let Tyler wrap us up. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you all for listening to our Barbenheimer episode. Probably, I mean, other than the Real Talk Awards, this might go down as the most anticipated episode of Real Talk of all time. And we're almost on our one year mark, so it's very fitting. As Cam mentioned, next week we're doing our top 10 with the Raiders boys. And uh, also uh, Spotlight is going to be our Patreon review this week. So go ahead and watch that before Friday so you can review along with us. Uh, shout out to our executive producers. We have Seven Ma Jeffy, Adam H16, Al Bodie, Alexander Biscardi, Ben Leggy, Ben Hansey, Brody Young, Cody Whitney, Dakota Buckner, Dean Cotamanidis, Dylan Chip, Ferdinando Four, Isaiah Villa, Jimmy O'Connor and Jordan Gag. Josh Hines, Luke Deerhog, Mac Wells, Marcellus, Oscar Trinick, Reese David, Relapse, Remy Walker, Roco 1.0, Sean Morales, Stefan Johnson, Trey Artsy, Will Kim, Jonas BBX, and Zach Graves. <clears throat> just keeps on growing every week. We love to see it. Thank you so much for the patrons. Just, yeah, go one ahead. One more thing as well. I haven't said this to, to the boys, but I'm sure this is fine. If you obviously, like Tyler said, we are coming up on, on a year now. So if you do have any ideas or any special episodes you'd like to see for the year, feel free to get them down in the comments because I think we should do something fairly big. A year's a big milestone mm-hmm. for us. So if you have any ideas at all, just whack them down in the comments or just drop any of us a message, of course, as usual. Definitely, which is crazy because I feel like we're probably at a year anniversary at this point of like the inception of this podcast in the group chat. And then like we're almost yeah, at a weird. year of actually having the podcast. So shout out to all our patrons who allow us to keep, us, keep this happening. Uh, go ahead and watch Spotlight to be ready for Friday. And yeah, let us know what you thought of Barbenheimer. Which one do you like more, Barbie, Oppenheimer? Are you going to see any of them again? Let us know down in the comments down below. 
and we'll see you in the real quick on Thursday.